Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through co-op experience, and then relate to you, the listener, if this game is a crim de la crim of co-op or something better off playing solo. Hey, Nave. Cat. There's a cat. Yeah, the cat jumped up during the read. <laughs> Tried to fuck you up, but you actually read it. Maybe you just need to be under duress, and you'll read the intro good. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Put him under the duress that pressure. you need. Let's just get our guests in real quick. We have a returning guest, probably our most guested person after or before jared is nick from friday night gamecast let's go baby the 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 king makes his return to the gaming together podcast thank you guys for having me i'm happy to be back i really missed y'all is I, i'm sure nick is the most guested but i wonder who the second most guested is I is it really jared. jared what about I aaron thought it, i thought it was your friend jp uh well jp doesn't He's count because you. he's just around no, he's just—he's not a podcaster. He's just a gamer. Yeah, he can't get us more audience, so he doesn't count. We don't get a fuck oh, about him. Okay, he's got yeah. zero clout. He has no <laughs> online presence whatsoever. Actually, oh Jesus, that fucking guy. All right, so we were pre-talking. I don't remember how much made it in, but I said I had a story, and this is a notable story. I went to visit family uh, yesterday, and I don't know how exactly she's related to me. But there was this little girl, and she's family somehow, and she's like eight. She she knew I was I was super into gaming, man, but we had never met before, and so she instantly come up, and start talking to me about games, and I'm like, oh yeah, man, I love them Kirby's and stuff because he, I, she's like eight or whatever, and she's like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, and I'm like, oh, I know Sonic the Hedgehog. She's like, I have the biggest crush on Sonic oh, no. the Hedgehog, and I'm like, oh, no, no. She's not. <laughs> Did but you I just heard recently that... talk about like the pitfalls of furries and Chris Chan and Sonic the yes, Hedgehog. Yes, we have, we have been down the Chris Chan rabbit hole or yeah. Hedgehog hole enough to know. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about Hedgehog holes, but it, it, it doesn't turn out well. But I heard that, and internally I was like screaming. <laughs> I can't believe. Like I tried to look around and do like the the office make eye contact with someone, but nobody else heard or cares yeah. about Sonic the Hedgehog. Except yeah. for, I guess, me and this little girl. <laughs> yeah, that's not oh, good. Man. Which, by the way, Chris Chan, this is going to be late news. This happened a couple weeks ago. But Chris Chan is not in jail anymore. And I think his charges got dropped. So the saga I saw continues. a meme about that. Oh, you did? You better be yeah. careful because things are going to get spoiled for you. if you no, keep I, I'm, I assume the spoiler because it was like a picture of him coming home. And it was his mom. And it was like, welcome home, son. And like the so next slide from that. So you, I you think extrapolated. I'm, yeah, I, I can see where this is going. I'm using my AI human mind to figure out <laughs> the the previous slide on the comic. Okay, but I'm probably oh, yeah. going to ask a question I don't want the answer to. But did Chris not transition? Is he not? Does he not identify as? No, she he heard? does. Oh, he does. Okay, uh, but he identifies. But I don't think there's been any actual modification besides his home homebrewed modifications. Oh, yeah, okay, not, got that, it. And he's, I don't he's on talk about that anymore. Fair. That that fucking modification. The it's it's strange because Chris goes back and forth between a lot of things. Like so sometimes he, Chris is a her, sometimes it's a he, sometimes it's a interdimensional being. Being goddess that depends on if it's Chris or if it's Chris that's the goddess, or if it's Chris that is Sonichu who has possessed Chris, then wants to be 
I don't know. It's weird because I've always known him. It's a, this must be what parents feel like of trans people, but I've always known him as a he. And then like you know, and so I'm like <laughs> it's hard now when I just speak about him like flagrantly. I just say he, and I don't think about it. Yeah. But yeah, well, so I wonder if my, people get upset about that. That's probably my whole perspective on like the the whole Chris Christian thing is um, like listening to you guys. I was like. Okay, I kind of have to look this up. I have to look it up now. And I went over you to watch YouTube, the documentary. And I looked up the documentary Don't. and I watched like five minutes of it and I was like, No, I'm not gonna do this. And I turned it off <laughs> and I'm never so gonna do it. So dark. So fast. <laughs> I was Not like, beginning. I'm good. What the I'm beginning's good. like he was Sad. three years old when his babysitter locked him in a completely dark closet for six hours till his parents got home and he came out and didn't say another word till he was nine or something like that. And I'm like, man That sounds like a Lady Godiva story. You know, <laughs> Lady Godiva. Who's that? I don't know who that is. Is that the chocolate? Uh, That's I what know. I was gonna you say. Know, honestly, I don't know who it is either. I just know the saying. Okay. I just, I, I, it's like a, a story that has been told many times, and as it gets told, it gets embellished more and more. You know, did you know that Helen Keller? Did you know Helen Keller wasn't a real person? Like it was what? made up. Like I, I, I heard it was made up. Let me let me double check right now. Are you spreading fucking? No, I I I have heard this rumor before. I have heard that Helen Keller is a fictitious historical person. Where were you whenever you learned Helen Keller was fake? <laughs> a factual look at Helen Keller's accomplishments was Helen Keller real? Oh, she wrote fourteen books. Okay, never mind. She was. Real. She might be real. Wait, she's got a she's got a Wikipedia she page and a birthday and an end date. Blind and dumb. Isn't that her thing? I thought something about her else. story was fake. Something was something about her story was fake. Is Helen Keller not the fucking deaf and blind? Or is that yes. the is that yes. the Nazi girl? She's she was deaf, she was blind, and she was mute. But she was also an author. So I'm glad I didn't get her mixed up with. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're thinking of Anne Frank. Anne Frank, yeah. Anne Frank was 100 percent real. Yeah. <laughs> Just looking, little, Wait, what a connection? Girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was also an author, but uh, anyway. Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. Right. That was a, that was no a spoilers. little uh, sidestep, sidestep from gaming. God, no, 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 side <laughs> and it's like, man, gaming. we could go so much darker at this point, but let's. <laughs> we might not. I ate a fucking so every now and then, like on uh, payday, I like to celebrate in the morning. I'll get a little. There's like across the street from my post office is a little uh, bagel shop. Yeah, went over there to get a bagel, right? I always get the bagel with the Asiago, you know, get the, get the meat lovers. So it's got fucking ham, sausage, cum, eggs, <laughs> stuff, all that hey, stuff yo. on it. Uh, all the proteins. And I go in there and they're like, hey, uh, our machine is down, actually. We, we only have the first couple of bagels that we normally cook. So yeah. we don't have Asiago. And so they told me the list. And I'm like, I guess I'll get garlic. You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Garlic sounds fine. All the other ones are like raisin, cinnamon, and you know fucking poutine and shit and i'm like i don't fucking i don't want any of this shit but uh i get the garlic bagel and i'm eating it you know way later in the day it's fine you know it's very garlicky and very what is it poppy seeds and shit yeah later in the day i fart and i swear to god <laughs> i taste garlic in my ass I swear. <laughs> so you're well, saying like you, when you smelled your fart, you tasted it, or you're saying no, you're, you literally tasted it with your butthole? Like this like is what I was saying. Your butthole has olfactory sensors now, dude. I thought. Did you evolve? Like, I feel like I you was evolved. thinking about it. <laughs> like, did I gaslight myself? 
literally and figuratively gaslight myself when I <laughs> when I farted. <laughs> nice. Did I taste garlic in my ass, or did I just smell or have my mouth open or something? And just you like the garlic was so strong. But you no, but can you your mouth open? Like if can you taste with your ass? Like is there something you could, if you put hot sauce in your asshole? Yeah, it fucking hurts. It? it fucking hurts, dude. Well, I don't know that from like you can butt chug things though. You can butt chug things for sure. But at the same time, like for me, because I get older, I didn't used to have this problem when I was young. But whenever I eat <laughs> anything on. that has like spicy food or oil or anything like that, I'll I'll eat it and then it fucks my stomach up and I hurt. I'm in pain, even though it was super tasty. And then it hurts again when I'm when I'm pooping, and it's not yeah. great. It's suboptimal, yeah, and it's because of like the spice and the and like the whatever chilies or whatever in it. Like, yeah, it's, they call you, know, it the you got sensors, meal. you got sensors down there, man. I'm gonna Google this, but I'm not. I'm gonna be on a list afterwards. Can you taste? <laughs> All right, we are a video You're already podcast. on a list, Dave. <laughs> and we Wait, are. Oh, the God, first what? thing that pops up is balls. Well, now I want to look at this. What is this? Can you taste with your ball? No. <laughs> Philip, get us out of here. We are a video game podcast, and we're going to be talking about Quake 2. But before we get there, let's just check in with what games we've been playing. Nick, what have you been playing? Dude, I've been playing so many games right now. Um, okay, so the first thing that I, I have been talking about on the show recently that I have been really, really enjoying from an indie perspective, and I feel like both of you guys love indies, is Dave the Diver. Um, it's available on Steam right now. I don't know whether or not it's on the... I, it's definitely not on Game Pass, uh, and I don't know if it's not available on the PlayStation Store, but it is on Steam, and it's fucking great. It's so cheeky and fun. It's like pixel art but at the same time it's kind of like a it's a restaurant simulator combined with like deep sea diving and like fishing and stuff and, and it's it kind of is a roguelite so you cut progressively level up your guns and you get better armor and and weapons for for your character and dave like he's able to carry more but you're basically limited by the amount of oxygen that you can consume and there are checkpoints throughout the underwater area where you can swim to and like gather more oxygen and so you can spear more fish and there's an encumbrance system and all of that stuff too so yeah. there are many systems that are like layered over the top of each other but basically the idea is is that there's this magical hole that opened up in in uh, in the ocean uh, that like brought in a bunch of like really cool exotic fish, and so this dude named Bancho wanted to open a sushi restaurant. So Bancho and Dave team together, and Dave sources the fish, and then Bancho like cooks it for the restaurant. And but Dave is like also kind of like the waiter, so he has to at during the daytime go fishing, and at nighttime he works in the restaurant. The dude is working like crazy, but. It's a really fun game. I'm loving it. And I'm loving kind of just like the like very low back, like laid back progressive style of leveling up and all of that. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and and I've been doing that and I would highly recommend it to anybody. There are like really cool cutscenes, like mini cutscenes whenever you want to like level up a recipe with Bancho so he can improve the amount of money that you can get from giving a, a, a customer a sushi dish. And he has this like anime style cutscene where he'll like take his like sushi knife and pull it out of its sheath and the light is like shining from the sheath as he's like pulling it out and like smoke is dancing across the screen as cherry blossoms fall down and he cuts the fish in half. It's so cool. There's also this guy who's a weaponsmith. I can't remember. I feel like his name is Rudy or something like that, but he's basically like the guy from the South Park episode 
when they were the kids were playing World of Warcraft and he was the yeah. guy that they were playing against. So he's like bald and like fat and like got zits and he's like always eating chips, but he's on his computer and he does 3D modeling printing and he's the guy that you go to to improve your weapons. And whenever you want to upgrade your weapon, he has this like anime girl transformation cutscene and he like forcefully slams down on like the mouse button to like click render. So it's it's really cool and there's a lot of heart in it. So highly recommend <laughs> Dave the yeah. Diver. I've been playing that. Um, I've been playing Starfield, but Nave and I were talking before the recording. I think the recording started, and I'm only 14 hours in. Um, so I don't really have. Hours in. I'm only 14 hours in, but I don't have a lot to say beyond the fact that I'm really loving it. Um, there's not much more than I, that I can get into besides that. Uh, but it's it's Bethesda, and it's a Bethesda RPG. There's nothing wrong with this game, in my opinion, because I had appropriate expectations of what I expected from Bethesda. I really don't know what people were expecting when they were, you know, when, when Bethesda promised them this massive open world RPG because they delivered on every promise that they had. And if you paid attention to uh, the Xbox game showcase, they give you a full in-depth gameplay loop breakdown. You're in the ship, you land on a planet, you go fight some mercenaries, you go mine for resources, you scan stuff, and you go complete missions, you talk to people, go back. And that's kind of what it is. There's nothing crazy. They're not throwing there there are wrinkles. There are minor, there are major differences in terms of the aesthetics and UI than what you got in games like, you know, Morrowind or Skyrim or anything like that. So it's very, very much different from Elder Scrolls. But I'm I'm a space guy. I'm a sci-fi guy. So getting in my ship and getting into dogfights and you know maneuvering around out there, there are some limitations. I will say I, I made a couple of notes. Like so far in terms of my experience, I have um, I've I've been out and I've done some of the space battles and the dogfighting and you know killed a couple of uh, you know mercenaries up there. And they do this thing where it's like they want to kind of do the elite dangerous style ship maneuvering in the system because, you know, the left joystick is accelerate and decelerate and then you can use yeah. that to tilt. And then the right joystick kind of like maneuvers the, the path in which the ship is flying. But I don't really like that. I wish they used the ace combat style where it's like the trigger was to accelerate and the left trigger was to you know decelerate. And then you kind of man- maneuver the ship that way and then use some of the face buttons as like the obviously some of the more complex controls in terms of weapon commands. So that's just my personal preference. I haven't really looked into the options of whether or not you can change it to a more ace combat style, but you might be able to. Um, so just minor, minor little things. But other than that, I... Um, I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3. I won't get into that because I've already all the the titles of this month, aren't you? Dude, dude, I have been in my AAA bag. I just recently beat um, a major game. I'm going to have to pull it up whenever I get the chance. I beat Tears of the Kingdom back in May. Uh, No, no, no. I beat it in June. I beat it in June very shortly. I like put 100 hours into that game like very, very quickly. Um, But I beat that uh, very recently. And then, um, oh, I just beat jedi survivor okay. oh boy what a game what a game i love those games nave i know you hate the the jedi series i know you played fallen order very briefly and you were like this sucks <laughs> this is lame boo i hate star wars and i hate superheroes oh, two names yeah <laughs> but no I, 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 and that's okay that's okay i uh i i really enjoy it oh and i also beat final fantasy 16 which is great so holy crap uh, 
Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been really busy. I've been gaming a lot this year. So, um, but I feel like Baldur's Gate Three is going to take me so fucking long to beat because it's such a huge game, and I know I've already scratched the surface. And how long to beat puts it at thirty hours. But I know that doesn't for, sound right. I know for yeah. a fact that in order to like do or play the game the way I want to play it, I'm at least going to put sixty hours in at the bare minimum. And then there's going to be everything that you can do because I feel like Baldur's Gate and the Larian games like Divin- Divinity: Original Sin, which I haven't played yet. Dave Jackson turned me onto that game, which I really want to get into at some point. But uh, I feel like it's the same type of game, kind of like Starfield, where it's like you can do the main path. But then there are still options for you to have your party and go out and do awesome, crazy shit over and over again. And it's still uh, there's still world continuity and you're able to kind of just, you know, jump in and do that. So, yeah, that's kind of what I've been what I've been doing lately. Oh, and I forgot to say, I've also been playing Half-Life 2, which is. Oh, yeah. We had a whole text discussion of the. uh, Yeah. I don't know the value of Half-Life 2. I'd like you to fucking, hear your breakdown you on the bozos show. Those have been like talking shit about it and I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah, sure." No, 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 no. Well, okay. I, I want to hear what you guys think about it cuz I'm I'm just so curious as to what your perspective is. I bet there's a multiplayer mod or can't you just load it up as a level in like Gary's mod huh? or something? Yeah, you, you I I mean you can for the first Half-Life. I don't know, but I'm sure you can with the second one too. I mean, Gary's mod everything. Yeah. But um well, actually, there's the there's the it's it's Half Life, but wait, that's Half Life One. No, fuck. Can Black you explain? Mason, can you explain for our listeners what Gary's no. mod is? <clears throat> Gary's mod is just like all every single Source Engine game that Valve made put together, and then like it's a bunch of mods that people made. So like, there's a bunch of different game modes and stuff. It's just like okay. a giant mod hub where you can oh. like just join people online and like play with them like me and philip we used to play with our friends in like this this city like role play server and there was dark a movie rp theater. dark rp yeah <laughs> okay. there's this movie theater and you would go in there and there'd be like 15 people watching youtube on the movie theater and we, you could queue up stuff yeah shadow would always queue up these things called ear rape so as soon as it would come on it would just be like just fucking really loud noise and everyone would be like boo turn the yeah. shit off then you can press like the y key and you throw popcorn yeah so fucking stupid. Stupid. it was like vr chat before vr chat in a lot of ways oh, yeah. That's exactly what it is because like you any model that could be modeled in the source engine was in the game so you could be like tall pikachu and all those other dumb <laughs> Master Chief. Master Chief, yeah. But Half Life Two, it's not bad, but I don't enjoy playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Philip played it you played it on the orange box on the Xbox though, right? Yeah. It's that's a, how it's most infinitely better on the PC. Okay. Infinitely. That's, that's so interesting that you say that, Dave, because I'm I am playing it on Steam and the way that I I looked up many ways to play and I didn't want to go the Gary's mod route because I didn't want to like break the, I don't know, break the boundaries of the game because I am playing it for review and hopefully this won't spoil any of my current patrons who are part of your show as well. But, you know, I I played it because there's Half-Life and then there's a Half-Life 2 update community-based mod which is supported through Steam. So I downloaded that and then there's M-Mod which apparently gives it like more textured, you know, it it basically gives it a visual update overall visual and gameplay update because oof i'll tell you playing on the vanilla like base tier half-life 2 on <laughs> oh, no. it's it's rough it's so charming it's, <laughs> it's really rough it's it's hard to deal with but once i did basically played it in the half-life 2 
uh, update and mod tenant, my experience improved dramatically. And there was also like, I will say when I was talking shit nave in the chat, I was, I was kind of early on, but then I hit, cause I was like, Oh, like, I think you guys said something about, Ooh, I hate playing this game. It's all brown and gross. And just, there's no actual, um, art direction or color design in, in this game so far. And that's kind of what I was feeling with the first couple of hours, but then I made it to Ravenholm yes. and, and then that's that, the best that's when it, is. that's when it was like, Oh, this game is serious. This game is really fucking serious. Um, and so I've, I've really started to enjoy my time with it. Yeah. It makes me yeah. just want to play Counter-Strike, though. <laughs> Why, though? What, what is the connection there? It's Counter-Strike was just a Half-Life multiplayer mod. No so, way. Yeah. And so that's how it came. Oh, I mean, so shit. Valve, you know, published CSGO. It plays exactly the same as Half-Life, except the guns are a lot more... The bullet spread and stuff is a lot more real. Or okay. I don't want to say real because it's not exactly real, but I mean, like you know, guns have an insane bullet spread. Yeah. So okay, that's cool. You want to take it a step back further and link it back around, rehooking it. Team Fortress was originally yeah. a mod for Quake to go a step even back. You know, so. that's crazy. I had no idea. Wait, Valve is involved in Quake? I thought that was uh, a lot. I thought of that the was game, in software. It is. Well, Valve didn't like they the game mode transitioned from a quake mod to what it was i believe i see i see valve swooped him up valve's very forward thinking like that like dota is also dota was a a uh warcraft warcraft mod yeah so oh interesting shout out to gary what's his face the the owner of mr gary mod (laughs) mr gary mod himself (laughs) is it is his name gary newsom or gary something like gabe newell Gabe Newell, that's what I was <laughs> Mr. Half Life himself. Oh shit! Good stuff. Thank you, thank you, guys. I, I, I've been. Oh, I also played Chained Echoes. Have either of you played Chained Echoes? Yes. Yeah. I've put in about three to five hours. It's really, really yeah. charming, and it's like prepping me to play Sea of Stars, which I am incredibly oh, excited to play now. It's on Game Pass. So it's just like my brain is overloaded with the sheer amount, the staggering amount of 2023 (laughs) games that I want to play. Which is funny because I keep seeing these tweets of people who clearly only play like fucking Call of Duty and 2K and shit. And they're like, is is gaming falling off? And I'm like, are you no good games? I've come out in 2023. You heard it here from this fucking guy. (laughs) This fucking guy believes that that gaming sucks. That was actually a super old clip from RDC World. I had seen that clip on like Tumblr and YouTube and a couple of other places. He did that in like 2016. But the fact that oh. he's still reposting it today is kind of ridiculous. Like it's it's very oh, really he himself reposted it. I think that's what it was, or somebody else reposted it and tried to like co-opt it or something like that. You know how? Oh, Instagram I thought I got fake news. Yeah, no. I didn't like roast him, but I was because you know I try not to go personal on Twitter because that alienates people, and I don't like that. I got a soft heart, but it's like I will just be sarcastic and like like, no good games. That that like that mentality is so that that is a prevalent mentality, and people literally will say that like, oh, game studios have fallen off. Oh, there's no good gaming anymore. Diablo Four, Final Fantasy Sixteen, Dredge. Jedi Survivor, Tears of the Kingdom, Resident Evil 4 Remake. That's 2023 alone. Like, fucking Dragon forget Quest about Infinity the last trash. four years. He's <laughs> trash. The Legend you know, of Super, Dim Sum Super or whatever Meatball his name was. 64 or whatever, you know? 
or is there a Super Meat Boy? Is that is Super Meat Boy? It's yeah. Super Meat Boy yeah. Forever, yeah. but I think that came out a few years ago, and I don't yeah. like it. Really? It's hard. it's different. I don't like change. <laughs> I don't like change. Different. Speaking of change, are you excited for like a Dragon Gaiden, Nave? Oh my fuck! <laughs> yes. Yes. Which, by the way, I don't want to derail it, but you can, in fact, taste with your asshole. There are taste buds in your asshole. Jesus. As there should be. Yep. <laughs> in fact, there are taste. It's not taste so, buds, but they're so like whenever, the same proteins. So whenever we, whenever we go number two, are we eating shit? <laughs> no, it's going out. We're, no, it's, it's like tasting uh, it. You know, like yeah. giving so, it a taste. So the taste it only happens good. when it goes back in a little bit when you turtle. <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> when you turtle it. Prairie, <laughs> prairie dogging. <laughs> Or what's the Alaskan redo? <laughs> oh, what is the right. Alaskan this is some, redo? Yeah. You, yeah, the Alaskan redo is when you freeze it and freeze stick it, it back up your butt. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't think it's real. It's, it's, it's just it's something teen boys cold. make up to put on uh, the angry dictionary. What's it called? Urban dictionary. That's it. All right, Nave, what have you been playing? <sighs> uh, Starfield, mostly. I'm playing a lot of Starfield. We talked about it just earlier, or Nick did. Philip's not. Oh no, uh, I mean, I'm a a patient, poor gamer or cheap gamer, I guess. I probably could afford it, but uh, we're gonna our whole next episode is gonna be a dedicated first look at our time with Starfield, because otherwise it's gonna be like Elden Ring. Whenever we talk about it for 20 minutes at least for the next you know 10 episodes, I mean that's that might be there's there's potential for this to be the next Elden Ring for us. This is this of is Starfield. Becoming, yeah, it's becoming yeah. difficult to put down for me. And how, how um, much time have you put into it, Phil? I haven't played it at all. Oh, I that's right. You didn't. But I'm yeah, waiting for the you're, sixth you're or whatever. For the Game Pass official yeah. date. Got you. Got you. Patient yeah. gamers rise up. It's, it's crazy because like is it's one of the most played games on Steam right now, and that's for the people who paid a hundred bucks for the fucking game, at least minimum. And it's like two hundred thousand peak people, like, and it's been multiple days that it keeps reaching that. It keeps going over the peak. Like people are seeing it and then paying the extra money to get the more expensive edition. I'm like, which is insane. Which is Uh, insane to think about. Like those numbers are already hitting those marks before its official release date in all platforms. So I'm just like, whenever, whenever the patient gamers or the poor gamers get in, like it's going to be they're they're going to push numbers and i i genuinely yeah. think that regardless of whatever the interesting conversation will be like where it you know i see i don't fucking care about metacritic i don't care i don't look at any of that ever in my normal day-to-day life the only time i ever see it is when these fucking goblin gamer douchebags on x decide to post it on their you know whatever five yeah. you know curated outlets that they've decided to select for that one post and what it's been like but i feel like it will be interesting the conversation of like you know the the difference between like the critical score and then like the user rating right because that's always where you kind of find that happy medium yeah i it's around exactly where i thought it was going to be i predicted in january that it was going to be an 89 so i did not think it was going to break 90s no no i, did, I don't know i just not. had a feeling well, but that's the games don't they just don't and that's because especially they're launch. too much yeah especially yeah. on launch and there's just too much i will say though performance wise it's been beautiful uh, we yeah. said this a little bit before the show, but I played I played a lot of those 14 hours on PC Game Pass, uh, as well as my Xbox Series X. I put in a good chunk of time yesterday, like five or six hours on the Series X, and it runs beautifully on both. I will say, when I'm playing it on my PC, the pop in and like the texture grading and some of the um, 
some of kind of like the resolution fidelity stuff that they're doing in that game, it happens much quicker and much more instantaneous than on the Series X. But once it gets loaded, it's fine. It's like you're running around. I don't really have any clipping. I don't really have any pop-ins. The only thing that's really affected performance <clears throat> is the goofy Bethesda creation engine bullshit where your yeah. your uh, companion will end up like standing on a table while they're having a conversation <laughs> with you and you're having a conversation with their kneecaps. Dude, like, oh, Roach is on the roof and you're like, yeah. Roach, get down from there. That's how it, you know it's a good game. That's how you know so that funny. they're cooking. I don't know. I don't understand these people that see a bug and they go, oh, how dare they? I don't understand how they didn't make a good game. And I'm, But every time I see a fucking bug, I'm just like, hey. just laugh, you know? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. And it's like, what did you expect? What did you genuinely and honestly in your heart of hearts expect from a Bethesda game built in the creation engine? There's this really funny uh, Charlie clip, Moist Critical, where he's like, like he was swimming in, he was in the uh the first city you go to new atlantis and he was swimming in the pond and he was like huh i wonder if i can goomba stomp her and then he jumps on top of her head while she's swimming and she just sinks to the bottom like she just go <laughs> at, a, at a at a fixed rate the same rate going down into the water it's, it's like i wonder if that'll happen again and then he does it again he's like oh yep bye bye you know That's so stupid. <laughs> there's some goofy fucking shit going on um but I'm really enjoying my time. Uh, there's there. I found a blemish though that made me very scared. And <clears throat> Starbucks like said, Well, like corner. I said, uh, the I've only been playing for about 10, 15 hours, like somewhere in there. And I did a story mission for this guy named Vladimir. I'm not spoiling anything, but there's a guy Vladimir. You do a story mission. You go to his place. You find the lady. You go through his cave, and then you leave, go back, right? And then right after that, I went to a random planet. I was exploring, you know, doing on the surface and stuff. This is maybe like 30 minutes later. I see an abandoned mine. I'm like, going to go dive in there. Going to go see what's in there. And it is the exact same mine from the story mission. The exact same mine. The the chests are in the same place. There is even the same loot in different spots. Like there's a, I walked around a corner. There's a table with a digi pick on it. And I'm like, yeah, this is the same. I just did this. Like, I just went, it's the same enemies, it, it, all the way through. Like, I, I was like, ooh. Have you, you noticed know, that like, they're a little... This is a little ha- nerve-wracking. Have you noticed that they're a little stingy with the digipicks? Oh, my lord. Yeah, but really I don't stingy. know. What, what I, because I've been saved. You buy them from it. vendors, right? Are these the lockpick yeah. replacers? Yeah. Yeah. The so, so whenever you get a door that you have to, like, try and pick, you save scum. And if you don't get it on your first try, you try and go back again. Yeah, because you can lose... Well, this is the same in other Bethesda games, but you can lose many picks rapidly if you fuck up, and yeah. it's not hard to fuck up. So, it, like, it is not like any of the other games where you lock pick and it's kind of like RNG, but you can feel it out. This one, yeah. you have to like think for a second. It's like you know, planning out your fucking check oh, no. five. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're like, hmm, how do yeah. I? You're playing the Bioshock flooding mini game when you hack. Yeah. yeah. The good so, thing is, it's not timed at all, so you can just kind of sit there and look at it for a minute. But right. My question for you, Nave, though, is that and this is very important because I'm trying to figure out what the system, how the system is working, and I'm still figuring, and I probably will if I just put more hours into it, but I went with a specific class type or background that helped me in persuasion because I always go for any Bethesda game, if I can manipulate people verbally, I always like to go that route just because I think that gameplay wise is more interesting and it opens up more possibilities for you to kind of like proceed and do cool stuff that you might not hit otherwise but uh 
so I think I got like the long hauler perk, which, you know, gives you some stuff for the ships, but then it also gives you persuasion. I don't know what the deal with that is, but anyway, how does that persuasion system work? Because it seems like when you get into a conversation and then you press the command prompt where it says persuade, you're given a certain number of tries to persuade the person at the bottom left-hand corner, yeah. which is like underneath their name, right? And it's like generally four or five tries. But then you're given a selection of options to choose from, ranging from green to red. And it has like plus one, plus three, plus five. But I'm trying to figure out like what those like what those numbers next to those command prompts actually indicate to you. All right, so first of all, I really don't understand it either. Okay. <laughs> but but um, I do know that the answer to that question. So at, whenever you do that, next time you persuade someone, if you look at the bottom of the dialogue box, there are little grayed out notches. So the, those numbers, the plus five, that means you get five points in those notches. And those notches are how many points you need in order to persuade the person. Okay. And the only reason I know that is because I instant persuaded someone one time with like I just picked the red option. I've also been safe scumming persuasions too. Like I will, re- okay. I will quick reload a quick save and redo like five minutes of shit to get back to the persuasion <laughs> opportunity. Oh, you but, um, so Are you going to do that when you play uh, Baldur's Gate? Also, are you going to play Baldur's Gate, Nave? Is that oh fuck yeah, dude? Like? I'm so excited Hell for Baldur's yeah. Gate. I don't Hell know yeah. if I'm going to do that for Baldur's Gate because I don't know. Well, there are You're like there living have been times- with your error <laughs> yeah I, I i think i'm gonna live with some of my errors as long as it's not cat- catastrophic catastrophic but yeah. it's like i i don't know this the the persuasion in starfield reminds me of like oblivion persuasion where i just don't really fucking understand what's going on so i just kind of click <laughs> oh, the thing. wagon wheel yeah the fucking need wheel. to persuade taunt bribe and coerce somebody <laughs> all in the yeah. same the same statement be like listen here my sweet little dummy you know, be like, yeah. oh, be like you talking to me? I'm Captain of the Guard. <laughs> five gold into his, into his yeah. <laughs> I don't so know, but yeah, Starfield's pretty fucking good. It makes me feel kind of child. It makes me feel the same way I felt when I played Mass Effect for the first time as a kid, or Oblivion, or Fallout, or something. I just have it's this got, sense of wonder. You know, it's got so much Mass Effect identity to it so much yeah. like like it, a lot of like the the like traveling the rails is literally like it gave gives me one for one vibes of traveling around the citadel when i was doing that and i love oh, like I, I spent so many hours in new atlantis i've barely explored the solar system because or the galaxy rather because i i've just spent so many hours in new atlantis just seeing what npcs it's were so there, big. figuring out what i can do yeah yeah it's fucking incredible philip you're gonna it's like i don't know i I feel like philip's gonna feel the same way as me where i'm walking around new atlantis and just i literally feel my teenage self walking around the fucking capital in oblivion just going whoa you know what i mean like and i can i'm just looking at stuff and then i can feel my teenage self looking through my eyes looking at this thing and being like wow this is the future this is like look how many people there are on the screen walking around they fucking look like goombas if you look at them too close but <laughs> don't look too close yeah don't look too close but like i'm just looking at like all these fucking yeah. people i'm like this is incredible you know it, it feels so very cool. similar to cyberpunk as well i can't yeah. wait to go to that fucking cyberpunk city because I, I feel I'm like so i'm gonna excited. lose myself 
I'm so excited for the Phantom Liberty update because oh I God, started yes. playing Cyberpunk because of the Elder Trolls. They'd like convinced me. Uh, and and I yeah. earlier this year, I had some like free time and I put in like maybe 10 hours into it. And then I realized somebody told me like, don't go any further because the Phantom Liberty update is just going to get a like visual upgrade to everything. It's going to like, they're going to smooth out all of the issues. Supposedly. It's not just visual. It's going to, they're going to add, they're going to literally for free in a free update add like mechanics to the game that are going to fundamentally Wait, change the way the game plays i thought yes, phantom liberty no. was paid the phantom liberty is paid but uh, alongside oh, it is a free update, update that is a bunch okay. of shit going on so you have to That's pay so for cool. the 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 new content uh, not even the new content. you have to pay for the story content and all of that stuff but like all of the things that are going to change are going to happen across the base game yeah, okay. and that's so another... I'm just gonna re- I'm just gonna restart the game on the Series X because I played it originally on the One X. So if I thought that game was amazing on the One X, oh, dude, close to launch, yeah, I'm so away. excited, dude. It already oh, looks. Man. It already looks amazing, and I haven't run into any bugs in my 10 hour playthrough so far either. Yeah. So it, it makes me really think of like what people were doing like why are you so poor gamers like go get a fucking gamer pc what's the matter with you that's oh how you're God. supposed to pay that's how you're supposed to play cd project games anyway what the fuck just play it on your ally at uh you know just lower the, the resolution a little bit yeah. you'll be fine i actually did play it on my ally and it has a specific uh in the options you can put it in steam deck mode because you can play it in ultra you can play it in any of the modes that are built into cyberpunk but you put it on steam deck mode and it runs like a dream baby that sounds like a. That actually sounds like a dream. A fucking handheld yeah. RPG machine, dude. I'm in dude, my I was bed. Thinking about I'm it. in my bed and I'm cyberpunking. Like I don't think I'm gonna get the Switch too, but in a couple years I might just go in for a one of these things, a mobile PC, either Steam Deck or uh, was it Asus? Whatever the next no, one is, Rog Ally. Yeah, Asus Rog Ally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would Whatever say that one of those like, is I, at the time. I, I will say, in terms of the Ally, it's more expensive than the Steam Deck, but I feel like it also gives you more options to do stuff because of Windows 11 as opposed to the Linux system that they have in the Steam Deck. Although, I'm sure you're a modder, right, right, Phil? I feel like you would do, like... I mean, you last put one on... I did was, like, I modded my Wii a couple of years back, <laughs> which really? I played way more Wii after I modded it than before. No way. Of course, you know, like... I don't know, like, with the end of the Switch approaching... I'm thinking about like, man, how at what point am I just going to mod my switch? Because like, it seems like that is just going to be a much better experience because I don't need the poopy switch online. What Nintendo club, whatever that is. You can pay for it. it. You can pay for it on, um, on, on eBay. Uh, Kelvin and Rob taught me this. And this is at Nintendo. If you heard this, no, you didn't, but uh, you can go on eBay and you can join a person's family plan for like $15 a year and then you have access to everything like all of the all of the stuff like the the N64 <laughs> Game Boy Advance like all of the yeah plans. literally what they'll do is they'll add you like they'll add your you give them your Nintendo ID and they add you to their account and you basically have it for however long like and it's just it's weird just like that makes sense because i bet it's like they're it's making you know yeah. They're making a little bit extra money. Like they pay for, you know, a year of it. 
and mm-hmm. they start charging people fifteen dollars a pop to join like their family. Hundreds of people on their plan, like a hundred forty-five like plus people are on like my family plan. Oh, <laughs> so I don't God. know who any, I don't know who any of these people are, and I don't know if they can really see me because I only saw it when I first like jumped in and added it there. Yeah. But it's still really cool that you have that value, that small amount of value, and it's not like a recurring subscription thing. You can pay for it once until it runs out until you want to do something like that again. So it's like it's awesome. And speaking That's of which, the fucking PlayStation upgrading, like making their shit more expensive. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, LOL, should I, dude. I feel like I should cancel my PlayStation Plus membership because they haven't been coming out with any games that are like, ooh, let me download yeah. that. I stopped like, f- fucking a long time ago because <laughs> it's like know. as soon as they had like the different tier where it was like you know they had the the project spartacus where they had you know the premium and then the the one where essential. you pay like you know these the, well the essential was what uh the original ps plus was and then oh, they yeah, have okay. the middle one they have the playstation catalog tier where they put games like you know death stranding ghost of tsushima and all of their first party bullshits that they feel like popping on and off there and that's more expensive too but i'm sitting here like i have no i already bought all of the games that i want to play that are first party playstation anyway because i want to be in that yeah. conversation and so now i'm sitting here is that if you're going to keep giving me games like the fucking saint row reboot or Gross. i don't know or, or are you gonna give me like you're gonna give me oh, fucking no. you know i i don't know they're gonna give me i'm about to fucking do it i'd rather you in my face than give me the saints row reboot it's like you, you're like you're gonna pay me more because you want this don't you gamer and then you give me the fucking saints row reboot the thing that killed volition yeah i'm like <laughs> Like, what are you gonna do? You gonna throw Vampire Survivors on there next after it's been free it's on free Game app. Pass for however not however long? And it's just like, yeah, I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm done. I feel like I'm done. But my question is, is that can I get away with not paying for the PlayStation Essentials tier and still be able to be like online and join people's? Like, I think that has like online functionality. But like, if I wanted to happen to join a game and play online with somebody else, like Diablo Four Match or something like, because I own Diablo Four on there, will I be able to do that if I cancel my PlayStation Plus subscription? I don't know. I don't think so. No, I, I don't think wrong. so either. Because I'm pretty sure they pay for online multiplayer. PlayStation makes you pay for cloud saves. They fucking definitely make you pay for multiplayer. <laughs> like, Just like Nintendo. Fucking. <laughs> jim ryan ringing his fucking greedy little <laughs> fingies all right Nate, what really, else did you play we need to keep this rolling shit we're at 45 minutes i uh holy welcome, shit games. we are at 45 minutes uh the uh i'm still playing marble midnight suns and you know i beat the dracula dracula <laughs> in my dracula that plays when the credits roll for the dlc the I last episode that I listened to, you were fucking raging at how stupid that was. So congratulations, yeah. Nave. I, I know I lowered the difficulty to story mode. I'm over it. I was like, what? No, no. I was like, Starfield's too close. Starfield's too close, and I'm not going to be able to fucking get through this game. If I, I literally yeah. should have been through the game by now. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put it in story mode. I don't fucking care. I'm just going to get through it. And I didn't. So the game is on the shelf now, like for a while while <laughs> I'm playing Starfield. Um, mm. I'm also playing... Uh, I'm still playing Hearthstone Battlegrounds, Philip. Oh, Nave. Yeah, <laughs> you know, life. Oh, Nave. I play like two games a day. It's it's not a bad game. It's not bad. It, yeah, I haven't been winning though. I've been doing a lot of second and third place, and it's been agonizing. But I've Nave, been trying out the different decks, and it's pretty. In your fun. last like in this last month, you did an episode covering mobile games, and have you had a chance to try out Hearthstone Battlegrounds or anything? 
No, not at all. I deleted all the mobile games after that episode was done. I was like, get this shit off of my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kept Honkai Star Rail because, you know, cute anime girls. Why not, right? That's going to be but, on PlayStation soon, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I, actually, I think I deleted that, too. I deleted that, too. I, I, there, was, there was a ton. I downloaded it just to kind of, like, test out and try. I will say I have to give a special shout-out to you, Phil, because you gave me uh, a... a uh, a weapon a weapon in the barrel bullet in the barrel i don't know how that fucking a chamber goes, in the barrel a chamber in the barrel uh with dragon ball legends and another opportunity to fucking dunk on that game and how shitty it is because oh, i uh, i re-downloaded it i re-downloaded it for the pod and it was just like this is so fucking ridiculous how a how long it gets through the tutorialization because they made you do it again after yep. i fucking deleted my my account last time and then uh and then i went through and i was just like I don't understand anything that's going on right now, and I just stop. Dude, just seriously, it. game devs need to implement a way to to bypass tutorials. Like Starfield does it, where yeah. whenever I mean, yeah, I do. mean, they do it for some of them, but like not all of them. But uh, like whenever you first get into your ship, the ship starts doing the tutorial, and then like if you're a if you are an experienced pilot, then just power up the grab drive. Otherwise, I'm going to explain to you how to do combat and all this other extra shit. You know what I mean? I'm like. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm not going to do that because I definitely need to fucking learn how to do all the fucking ship things. Do the ships but... control like spaceships or is this a Star Fox scenario where they control like jet planes? Okay. Yeah. They controls like so the ship is always going forward essentially. You can like stop if you want, but like it's it, it's default just kind of going forward, cruising, you know? And it's really interesting. Like the it's not like verbose like how the combat and stuff like that works but it's very fun i commandeered my first ship like some bounty hunters showed up because of course i picked wanted because that just sounds like you know very immersive and fun gameplay or not immersive but uh what is it emergent emergent yeah and so some uh, bounty hunters showed up they're like oh we're gonna take your head boy and we're gonna make some money and i go and i just blow their fucking ships up but on the second the third ship that i fought uh i almost blew it up and i saw a board and i was like oh my god and so i fucking boarded their it's asses and boys cleared it yeah. oh my god it was so, yeah. the har- in other nautical terms yeah <laughs> mass the harpoons in the sky i don't know they so i went in there killed them all took the ship and then i got on my ship and flew away and i was like and i didn't have the ship anymore i was like oh well whoops you can i forgot about that you can you can board people's ships and then just commandeer it and yeah. then just take it i there was a main quest and i don't know if this was something that i was supposed to do but there was a main quest that I did at the very beginning of the game where it's like you have to track down this guy who got a hold of a piece, like a relic, uh, without spoiling yeah. it for the listeners. It got, he got a hold of basically an item that you needed for the main story. And so the leader of this group of Constellation joins up with you. She was like, all right, I'm going to fucking be with you until we go complete this mission, which I didn't like because I was on my goopy gamer bullshit and I was fucking stealing from people. I was I was deleting <laughs> files. I was doing all of yeah. the illegal shit in this world. And she was like, I really don't like this, but I guess I'll give you like the, the leeway to do it. And I was like, fuck you. If you don't like, you get out of here. Uh, yeah. But As you're I, uh, crouching place in a bucket on the <laughs> storekeeper's head so that's the funniest thing is that (laughs) i love that too i uh the the funniest thing was that like i got into a side mission with this lady in my party and basically this dude is there are these two scientists 
that are fighting with each other. They're fighting and like you need data from one to give it to the other. And you go up to him and he's like, I don't like that guy because he reported me for misconduct. I need you to delete my personnel file. And I say, sure, I'll delete it. And the lady behind me was like, I really wish we could accomplish this without doing anything illegal. And I was like, shut up. What is wrong with you? Get, get out of my face. And the craziest thing is that we go to proceed to do the mission. We break into this apartment. <laughs> and as I go to like, did you pick the lock on this apartment? I go through the thing and do a little mini game. I unlock it and she's like, easy money, baby. As we walk through the door. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You on? <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, what, what is, she knows what is a bad guy now. Yeah, yeah she's I guess, I guess. Yeah, I guess she's 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 feeding she into read the my, file. my goopy gamer energy. <laughs> she read the file. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly I'm trying but... to have sex with that lady, though. <laughs> I am oh, in, really okay. We've been alone in Did space already... for long enough. Now you that I now I'm looking at her like hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> starting God. to look real good. I She's kind of old. A real I saw a real like for it. um what's what's the game? The uh new Dungeons and Dragons game? Baldur's uh, Gate. Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate yeah. Where it's like Fair. uh it's like I'm really trying to have sex with the orc lady. And the guy's like, I'm doing my best to get there. But yeah. then he goes around the club. He's like, I want to talk to everyone in my camp first. He goes and you talks to start with everybody. Yeah. yeah. And then he went over to his mage dude and his mage dude says, hey, I want to show you a cool magic trick later. And he was like, hell yeah, brother. Show me that magic trick. And That's then he goes over for- yeah. <laughs> and then he went over to the orc and he was like, hey, let's, you know, let's do this. It's all romantic and stuff. And she's like, I heard you promised your body to the mage. So I don't have anything more to say to you. And he was like, what? And, he looked no! up, and the other guy, you know, giving him the eyes across camp because apparently yeah. the magic trick was code word for let's hook up after we end this little cutscene. He's like, I thought he was talking about magic for real, for real. Yeah. And I'm like, God, so stupid. Yeah. Like yeah. when the when the girl comes over to play rock band, I thought that she actually wanted to play rock band. But like, no. where's your controller? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we were going to play some Smash. <laughs> uh, jokes on me. Uh, I think it, I, there's. I have a funny story about Dragon Age Origins, where um, the first time I beat the game, I was kind of using a guide for the romance because you can ha- you can have sex with. There's an achievement for having sex with everybody, but you can Hell only yeah. have sex with three people out oh. of the four. Right, because there's two straight people and then two bisexual people, and so you can have sex with the bisexual people and then the straight person. But like the first time you have uh, the first person you have to have sex with as a as a male or or a female, you have to have sex with the straight people first because they're also both straight edge too. It's Alistair and then the rogue lady who sucks. I don't know. I don't know her name, okay. but okay. um, she's not a rogue actually. I think she's like a cleric or something. I don't know. But so. Yeah. Um, she's like religious and she won't have sex with you if you have sex with anyone else. So you have to have sex with her first and then the two bisexual people are like loosey-goosey. They're so easy to fuck. It You're doesn't like, even matter. Go. Let's go. So I, I had sex with the with the straight lady and then I had sex with Morgan. Of course I fucking did. And then I had sex with the rogue uh, elf boy, the elf twink. And I was like, okay, you're cool. But, uh, you know, the whole rest of the game, I was like staying romance, like attached to Morgan, right? And so the whole, my in my head canon, Morgan is my waifu, right? And I get to the end of the game and right before I sacrifice myself, or not I sacrifice myself, I don't know what I did. I don't remember. But like right at the end of the game, every we have one last hurrah. The, uh, and then everyone's standing around. I talk to Morgan. I talk to every all the parties. And then at the very end, the elf boy comes up and kisses me. And he is my canonical <laughs> husband. 
And, and, because I was the, he was the last one I had sex with. So he was my canonical romantic partner. And it caught me so off guard because I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I was like, Morgan. Like, I'm like, looking at two hours of gameplay since then. <laughs> like, literally, you've never even been in my party, dude. You've just been in the camp forever. Like, <laughs> you know, great. art imitates life, imitates art. You know what I mean, Nave? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have a quick question for you, though, because, I, because I've been going on, you know, obviously I've been dating around, and for whatever reason, Dragon Age, the franchise, really resonates with women in my age cohort yes. that actually like games. Like, women love Dragon Age. I don't know why. Um, the only Bioware games that I've really had a lot of touch on is, is Mass Effect. But so I think what I think it is is I don't I, I have no proof of this, but this is all anecdotal for me as well. That okay. when women have to choose between a, a fantasy settings, general if it's if it's if it's like what is this mystical fantasy? What is it called? High fantasy. High fantasy high, if yeah. it's high fantasy or if it's sci-fi, sci-fi, they all, almost always lean towards high fantasy, and I think it's okay. because it's like it it's older and evokes a more stable thing and then sci-fi is more explorative like you're mm. going out into the danger whereas the high fantasy unknown. is like you're going you're staying in to protect the thing yeah. essentially you're going right? back to what is familiar you're going back to what's old and familiar that's interesting yeah. perspective but my but more specific gamer question for you nave and philip if you guys have played both of those dragon age games should i give dragon age origins a chance first or inquisition a chance first origins okay hands down inquisition sucks really yeah it's not good are you gonna play dread wolf when it comes out you know you heard that they just fired a bunch of their staff from that game bioware's dead to me bioware's a a shell of a fucking it's a corpse being uh masqueraded around yeah Yeah. i i don't give a fuck about bioware anymore i don't give a fuck about bioware in a long time because everybody that was good is is gone they've they've moved on from that from that company yeah, but I mean, Bethesda was almost there for me too. Like they they mm-hmm. fucking t- tried my patience for a little while before yeah, finally they, started, you know, Starfield and well, it's wait, been twenty. It? It's been twenty five years since. Well, well, they did do Fallout seventy six, which was Garbo, right? Did you ever play Fallout four seventy six? I I thought four was fine. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't you know New Vegas or three. I've never but. heard anybody say anything more than four was like all right. It was like yeah. I think like the thing was is that everybody was like they wanted to be for like the second coming of Christ for RPGs and it was basically just Fallout Three with better graphics is what I heard and sh- and settlement building yeah settlement building like they added too much like it was like what if we had like mod tools in here you can build your own set I don't want to do that I don't care you no know? yeah and then okay. you have Darby I do want to do whatever his name showing up there's a settlement that needs your help yeah <laughs> he did not help that was yeah. really bad okay. It was very annoying, and it it didn't help because it's like Fallout Four was like Fallout Three light. It felt like yeah. like it felt like there were things missing. I don't know for sure. Like they did good things, but like they they took more steps backwards than they did forwards. It's like Oblivion and Morrowind, where Oblivion is just light Morrowind. Yeah, yeah. and it, it it felt even worse whenever you because The Witcher Three came out the same year, and yeah. it, The Witcher Three is like a fucking masterpiece. You know Infinitely what I mean? Infinitely better. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. So it's, so when I played, I played Fallout Four for like eighty hours, and I was like, "That was pretty good." And then I played The Witcher right after, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like they like, did it. <laughs> like it made it really hurt. Like you know, it makes you look back differently on the game you just played. You're like, "Oh man, I could have been playing this this whole time." Fuck. Right. Right. All right, Dave. What else you been playing? Or is that it? That's it. All I right. Think. 
So I'm going to combine my games I've been playing and my backlog buster. So just going down to the list. Uh, there's a lot here because I'm I'm getting pressed for time. Uh, Vinba, which is on Game Pass, and it is about an immigrant Indian family coming to live in Canada in dealing with raising a child outside of your homeland, like a first-generation child type situation. I don't know. The, the game cool. is like two hours long. Uh, it's a little emotional when, because I have kids, and I'm like, man, I what? wonder if... Uh, yeah, I know. I wonder when <laughs> Arthur grows up and uh, he doesn't know our home language and stops talking to us. Because, <laughs> you know, he he wants to go work in Hollywood. Like, I can't wait for that moment to happen. Yeah, because of the Korean school you're sending him to. <laughs> <laughs> That's based in Texas. The yeah. Texas Korean school. Is that a real thing or is that a joke? <laughs> That's a joke. joke. No, I don't okay. think there's a Korean school. At least we wouldn't be invited. But uh, the game's sad. It's a sad game. So uh, if you want oh. some sad feelings about your parents, play these indie games, which always comes back to. It's like the indie games are always like, let's deal with loss or deal with growing up or deal with your parents. Your parents. What drama. is this, a PlayStation podcast? I know. <laughs> one out of one out of five, Philip, thumbs up. How, how many thumbs would you give it? Oh, for Vinba? I give it a yeah. solid like, uh, I don't know, like it's like for what it is. If I if I say like that, it? it, it's like a. I don't even know how to describe it's it. A platformer? Is it no, a it's not a platformer. Like, is it like a Telltale style? It's joint? like Telltale, which is interesting because like you get like text options, and the options are in different languages based on oh. fonts. And it gets to a point where you're playing as the child who has forgotten the Indian language, and so his parents will talk to him, but he won't understand, or they'll write him notes, and it's sad cool. going through this being like. Man, you know, I want to make my mom's old chicken pasta because they have strange names that I cannot pronounce. But it's basically like a chicken pasta dish. Chicken gabagool, like, yeah. Yeah, chicken gabagool. She gives him the recipe book and no, he can't read the wrong. recipe book. And so then you have to like go from the recipe book and try to translate it out to solve it. And it's it's interesting because it, the whole game is centered around like cooking mama cooking. Like cooking food is... Yeah the the most action you get in the game so it's Same. it's good for what it is it's like four out of five if you're just compared to as a video game compared to Baldur's gate it's like a one <laughs> as far as gameplay goes oh, okay it's, it's comparing like, it amongst this genre it's good yeah I like think, it, and it made you like, feel something so yeah there's I, that. I didn't cry yeah. i'm a man you can relate to it even if you're not an immigrant because it is if it's because that's kind of how we our generation feels with our parents as far as like technology and stuff. Is I think every right? parent's gonna feel this way. You think you think it's a, a unanimous thing? Yeah, like every parent's like the children they don't understand they're disconnecting things aren't working out like I don't know what I'm gonna do type of deal. Fucking Nick ruined a picture, one of your what? pictures. And I should fix it. Like, <laughs> you need to rescale this? There you go. Okay. You I'm trying to figure out what is going on here. It looks like something like mildly profane, but no, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, it looks like something is about to get eaten. All right, so for the next one is Bladed Fury. This is a Chinese hack and slash in the vein of... Uh, I, I don't want to say Dark Souls because it's what it goes, but it's dodge roll combat. God damn it, Phil. Xi Jinping got you again. It looks like this game that I played on the Vita, but I've been I've had my eyes on this. This looks pretty cool. Like the art style and stuff looks cool. The art style, it's more art than game. Much like Vinba. Like this game is very simple. Like this is no Hollow Knight or anything like that. This is like 
simple dodge roll attack and you can get through the whole game but it's like chinese mythology like um what was tiger mayonnaise guan yu what was that game <laughs> tiger mayonnaise? you're <laughs> talking about uh long fallen dynasty yeah yeah well long <laughs> it's not three kingdoms but it is chinese mythology which this is I how, really appreciate. This is legit how me and Philip like try and find remember games is that we just do callbacks to jokes that we made. No, this, while that's my biggest them. struggle is I don't remember game names like ever. I have to like physically write out every game name I play. Otherwise, I'm not going to know it. And I'm just going to say a word that is similar or has some remote connection to it and then someone else will tell me what i'm talking about like i'm like the funny what's thing the is dragon's game and you're like Baldur's gate and i'm like the funny yes. thing is, is that if you had not said tiger mayonnaise i would not have remembered the name of wulong <laughs> yeah it's funny too i think that's the same for me i immediately was like oh wulong <laughs> oh i love it i love it which this is a best, chinese though. team as well and I don't know, like there's a lot of these games coming out. Like maybe I just never made the connection before, but there's multiple Taiwan studios, China studios, and uh, I'm trying to think like Korean studios on Game Pass. Like this is another Game Pass game, I think. Or no, this was a Games for Gold that they gave away before Games for Gold went away. Yeah. But I actually own this game on Epic Store. They also gave it away there. So, you know, I own this game in multiple places now, but it's good. It's short, only like maybe three to four hours. Uh, really love the art style because like every cutscene is told in these like uh, slightly like it's all blurry and crap on the the picture I got. But these stylized Chinese painting like, images, like pane glass window styled, like they're slightly moving yeah. type deal. Yeah, yeah. The so, game I was thinking of was Marumasa Rebirth. Look up fucking images of that, Philip, because this is what the game lo- looks like to me. But this game looks way better. Actually, than the than than uh than Blade of Fury. <laughs> this game looks weird. Uh, yeah. like anime trash. <laughs> what do you mean anime trash? I mean, it does kind of look like anime. There's so I mean, type in screenshot because I don't know why there's so much art. There's like a lot of fan art that pops up. Oh, okay. Look at the actual gameplay. Yeah, I see it. it and it looks yeah. a lot better in motion too. Yeah, it looks how like many, a Game Boy game, Game Boy Advance or something. Many, how many amnesia games are there? Dude, there's like six. I didn't know there was so there's many. Jesus Christ. I mean, fucking so, thanks, PewDiePie. Going down the list. Next one, my 69th game this year. Nice. The lesbian robot thriller horror game, Signalis. Was that on purpose? Or you're like, all right, I'm on 69. I gotta, I gotta. Yeah, the woke agenda. Lesbians in my gaming, get them the fuck out of yeah. here. <laughs> I don't want immigrants. I don't want lesbians. If you're going to have the like woke it. agenda, I'd put them in the horror game because it's horrifying to me. <laughs> I well, there's that. only male one male character, I think, yeah, he's in the whole guy. game, and he's the bad guy. Topical, don't topical. Spoil it. Spoil. Uh, I no spoils. Uh, I finally finished it, and the game is good, Nave. I got the bad oh ending. I think. How many uh, endings are there? Ooh, How many? There's like is four it, endings. Okay. Yeah, but the but you go through multiple. Okay, it's weird because it's like near the first one where the game keeps yeah. going after you finish it. Oh, yeah. So, so a lot of people will get cool. to the a lot of people will get to the halfway point and be like, "All right, I beat the game. The oh, oh, good name. job. Yeah. That was pretty yeah. cool." But like, because what happens is I don't want to spoil it. But what happens is it takes you back to the start screen and you have to hit new game and it continues. The game continues. It's kind of fourth wall breaky. That is cool. That they is call really the halfway neat. one the failed ending because you fail to yeah. get to the ending. Um, but you can't possibly. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I get you. Let, 
mild spoilers that's the image that i put down there because that was actually like a really emotional moment i cried i know that i, I still know that... cry i look at this and get and, and feel very serious emotions at this screenshot my um my question for you though phil is is like you know you guys were making comparisons when i was listening to the show earlier to resident evil 2 um silent hill 2 and kind of those vibes of the puzzle yeah. mechanics and i realized that there is some of that I don't want to say archaic design, but there is esoteric design elements that are baked into the gameplay loop of Signalis. But did you find that hard? Did you find that you got used to what they were expecting of you the later that you got into the game? Well, no, like I, I recently play older Resident Evils. Like uh, I was playing Resident Evil. I don't know which one is called Rebecca Chronicles or whatever it's called. <laughs> oh, it's Jesus. one of them that I got for like a yeah. dollar on the Xbox. Is that a real game? Okay. <laughs> and uh, are you, no, wait, are I you... don't know the actual title. Is it like but... Resident Evil Zero or Resident Evil Re- Re- Revelations? No, I mean, any of the older style that are like top down like this, like where you see the whole room and just kind of walk around with tank controls, they're all the same. It's basically just interact with everything everything till you find the clues unlock each door individually until you move on so like yeah. i knew the style like it's not it's nothing new the only okay. thing that's different about it is this game specifically has more nuance in some of the tools like instead of worrying about lock picks or anything like that in this one you use a radio you know to okay. tune into certain yeah. frequencies Got so it. they just kind of reflavor everything okay but they do it masterfully Masterfully, it is masterfully, it's, so it's good. a masterpiece. Okay, right, so, uh, yeah, I'm Next really up. excited to play this. I really want to prioritize this when I get the chance. So I'll, I'll be happy to report back to you guys. Good, good. Uh, maquette or maquette? Tay, I think you got it. Maquette, maquette, maquette. which is I think it, it's for maquette means like a model, small model building. And Whoa. the whole premise is like if you guys are familiar with your portals where the whole point is dealing with uh, solving puzzles by moving in space through two-dimensional portals or whatever in a 3D space. Maquette is solving puzzles using recursive space, which I didn't realize was a... Uh, Fancy. Like, like, have you played sub, sub subliminal, subliminal? Yeah. Okay. Subliminal you is you can control the size of an object based on how close it is to your face when you interact with it. Oh, so yeah. it's like, if I hold my coffee cup up to the camera, oh my God, it's massive! And it takes yeah. up a whole room. But then if I hold it next to my face, it's like, oh man, it's actually just coffee cup sized. So yeah, you would so solve puzzles. All by the puzzles are like, you you pick something up and then you just move it away and then it's tiny now. Like It's like literally the perspective that you had whenever you let go of it. That's how big it is in the real world now. It's very mind-bending. Oh, that's cool. So a maquette you have the small building in the center and then once you, but the thing is the small building you were looking at in the center, you're actually inside that building. And if you go outside of the building you are currently in, you realize that the medium sized building you are in is actually the small building. And you are now in fact in a giant building. So if you remember Mario 64, the tiny, <laughs> was it tiny, big and big, tiny yes. yeah, hills yeah. or whatever that mountain is, big, tiny mountain. Where it's like you go through one door and everything's big. You go through the other door and everything's small. In this, it's like you can go to the small miniature and move things around. Or you can go outside to the big version of it or the medium-sized version and also move around it. And it just gets really mind-bending because you're like, I need everything to be small. 
and you're like, oh, okay, so you just need to go to different sizes. What gets interesting is then you can then place things inside of each model. So if I go out and I get a ball from the medium regular world and I put it inside the small world, all of a sudden that ball is now massive. And it's like you drop it and you hear a loud boom, boom, and you look outside and you see the ball as oh it God. is falling and it like it rolls around. It is just, it is mind blowing how the recursive space works. Dude, before I forget, this is about Starfield. There's, you up? go to Mars and you're on a fracking colony in Mars, which makes me, reminds me of McAllister a little bit. I'll tell you in a second. But like, so when you're on the fracking colony, every now and then you hear, uh explosive imminent in 30 seconds and then i was like whoa that was fucking weird and i'm in the conversation with somebody and then i hear the the alarm again and it's like five four three two one and while she's talking to me i just hear and the fucking screen starts shaking and i'm like what the fuck is that and no one's reacting to it at all and i'm like what was that sounds like McAllister. like yeah but like a little bit later I'm talking to someone and then another explosive goes off and eventually I talk to someone who I can ask what the fuck that's that sound is and he's just like oh they're just fracking over there they're blowing up trying to get to the this like underground or don't worry about it it's like miles away just hold on to a rail when you're going down the stairs and I was <laughs> like <laughs> it's just so it, dude the fucking the charm of this game is, is is so fucking good starfield i mean but yeah so the reason why we say it's like McAllister, a, a butt of a, a miles outside of McAllister is an ammunition plant where every saturday at noon they blow up bombs like just destroy expired bombs and so every like minute you feel like an earthquake because they're blowing up bombs all the time for like an hour it's fucking really weird. And I remember when I first moved there going, what the fuck is going on? And like, no one's, no one feels this. And, and like, oh, that's just the bombs. It's the ammo plant. It's just the bombs. Just bomb. No big deal. I always remember just laying there sleeping in on Saturday. And then you just hear as like the windows are like rattling in the in yes. place. Wait, yeah, like, uh, it must be noon. Where, where is this again? Our hometown. Yeah, this is where we grew in, up. In Texas? Or no, in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. It's oh, kind of like Texas. Okay. Which they're famous for making kinda the like Moabs Texas. that they uh, made the news in the last like couple of years. Yeah, hell yeah. America, brother. That's I've all been, us. Speaking of uh, IRL stuff, Nave, I saw you posted a picture in the group chat of you at another concert with oh another my pretty God. lady. Which concert was this? Oh, the pretty lady is my sister. <laughs> oh, never mind. Sorry, sorry. No, it's it fine. It She's, an okay. She's an adult. She's an adult. Okay. Okay. Whoa, oh, so I went to go see uh, – have I talked about this? We haven't recorded in two weeks, so now my sense of time is a little f- fucked up. Did I talk about the Lamb of God show, Philip, already? You did. Yeah, okay, cool. So, But I didn't talk about this one because this was, this was the same week, but it was later on. I went and saw this uh, AT Aliens or whatever. It's, oh, uh, you got to see Outcast? Or no. is that different? Okay, never mind. <laughs> that would be Sorry. great. I would love to see Outcast because <laughs> that, that's an album of theirs, one of their early albums. But um, yeah. it's it's a, it's a EDM artist, like dubstep oh, and stuff. Oh, so okay, it, was a, it was a giant rave outside at this park, and um, it was incredible. But I went with uh, my sister and her baby daddy, Mason, who me and Philip know personally. Of the pod. And, yep. Yeah. Nice. And nice. so uh, he was like – he had a whole bunch of money. He was just like, hey, just – uh, the drinks are on me for you know showing us this fucking cool good time you know what i mean because i'm the one that was like hey come to this show it's gonna be fun and uh so we were partying and stuff we got 
uh, invited to the after party. So I went to the fucking club that the after party was in and we got fucking torched. Like, <laughs> holy shit. I probably had like four, literally, I probably had like 14 vodka and Red Bulls. Jesus I was Christ, Nave. I was how, geeked. And how so did you the survive that? <laughs> I didn't. I hardly survived it. I don't even know how, because they had a hotel uh, downtown that we went to. And I just, my mom was there as well. My mom went to the concert. She didn't go to the after party because she's an old lady. And so I just went to her hotel room and just crashed on her bed. And mom, my mom fell asleep on the chair. Because <laughs> oh, I was like, Nave. fucking oh, sprawling. Fuck, I'm drunk. Nave. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very okay. funny. But okay. um, and then I woke up to my mom yelling at me. She's like, oh, "Like you went fucking crazy last night," and I'm like, just <laughs> laughing at her. <laughs> She's like, "You're never drinking that much again." And I'm like, "I probably will drink that much." Again. I probably will. I probably will. <laughs> so but it's it was it was great. Um, and then I drove home in a haze. I don't know how I didn't get it because I had to drive on the highway. I had to merge to two different highways. You were probably still home. drunk at that point. I was still drunk. And so I was like, oh, I don't know how God. I got home. I don't know how I got home. <laughs> and when I got home, I fell asleep on the couch. And I woke up to my dog licking my face going, I'm really hungry. <laughs> you got to feed me. Dude. I'm about to eat your face. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was a fucking incredible time. That sounds amazing. That sounds fun. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Philip. So, did maquette. you say everything about the maquette? Uh, yeah, it's all about uh, relationships, and it actually gets pretty Is it? dicey. Whoa! Uh, so, a game about relationships. I know it it's came about out on love, PlayStation, though. so you know it's about relationships. <laughs> it's about a, a guy and a girl getting together, and you're basically going through representations of their relationship: uh, happy times, sad times, really sad Time times. That you punched a hole through the wall. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so if you uh, got a bunch of, I don't know, relationship baggage, this might not be a game for you. But besides that, pretty mm. good. Skip. <laughs> and then uh, Quake 2, which we're going to talk about this week, too, was number 71. Number 72, Sonic the Hedgehog back on Mega Drive or Genesis. I don't know. I played it on Master my little system. phone. It, Master System. No, did I put the Master System? No, it I didn't play the Master On the box. It's the wrong box. I put the wrong box there. That's the... <laughs> because uh... you deleted it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, if you're unfamiliar, they came out with Sonic originally on the was Genesis 32 bit or 16? I think it's the Genesis. Yeah, it was really Genesis. Genesis. That's the one I had, I think. But then, because it was packaged with Genesis, that was the thing. Is like the not for resale cartridges were coming with Genesis, but. Oh, yeah. After the success of Sonic 1 and 2, they went back on the Master System and made an 8-bit Sonic 1 and 2. They actually made like five Sonic games that were completely different games. It was like a Quake 64 to Quake situation, or Doom and Doom 64. Had they completely different games, but they're just on lower yeah. hardware. Or so Shrek I haven't played... on the PlayStation 1. Oh my god. I haven't played the fucking 8-bit Sonic which is apparently has a fan base too. And it never gets remade or put any on any of the collections, which I'm like, I didn't even know it existed until recently, but the original Sonic the Hedgehog, I got on main quest with Keith to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog two, which I call dog shit. Sonic the Hedgehog one is the superior game between the two. What? I don't know. It's weird. I know you figure they it was rougher in the beginning, but I think it was a more streamlined and more enjoyable experience. They try to one. do. Did they have feature creep, or did they just fuck it? I don't know. What what happened? What went wrong? 
I think it was just like the smoothness of levels. Like in Sonic 1, you're able to go fast, you're able to move around. Uh, there's yeah. not a lot of slow platforming bits, which Sonic 2 was full of. Or like wind tunnels uh, moving you around and stuff. Like you had way more control of Sonic in Sonic 1 compared to Sonic 2, where it was a lot more like jumping on moving platforms. Where Sonic 1 was like, go fast. You're going to go fast. I mean, that sounds like a lot more fun. It makes me wonder if I played Sonic 2 whenever I was a kid. Than Sonic, rather than Sonic One, that's kind of uh, weird. Uh, it's kind of like you know the Mario, you know, like when they had Mario and then Mario Two was like just really hard, and they're just like, don't release this to the Americans. Yeah, the Americans, <laughs> like, they're, they're not, not ready. Uh, but that's Sonic that song. Next up, uh, Amnesia. So I saw that all the Amnesia games are really short. They have the whole collection on Game Pass, and I was like, yeah. oh, I'll just knock out some Amnesia because How I played hours? the first. They're usually like one to four. No way. Oh, what? that's awesome. They like, even the new ones? Not the new ones. The new oh, ones are different. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But Amnesia 1 is like around four hours. I have not finished it. I've started it multiple times, but I'm always disusted by how janky they are. And so yeah. I keep not playing it. So the, I was the like, fucking get... issue is because they made they a lot of horror games took the wrong ideas from Amnesia. And like because the thing I hate about Amnesia is that you can open everything. Yeah. You can open Amnesia every drawer. One is the worst. It's fucking, there's so many drawers. There's so and there's almost never anything in there, but sometimes there is. So you never know. So you better open all the <laughs> fucking drawers. And that's my issue. I'm always bitched about this fucking shit. But that's why I stopped Indonesia One is multiple times as well because like I I get OCD and I'm like if I can open the drawer, I gotta fucking make sure that there's not a fucking doodad in there that or I might need later or any yeah. story features at all because all the stories are notes. Yeah, that's, that's it. But Justine fixed that, Amnesia Justine, where a lot of the important story notes are actually audio logs on gramophones, so you can't cool. miss them. And so you also can listen to it while you're walking around, experiencing the creep. And <laughs> but like, Doesn't that break the immersion because the monster's looking for you? No, because uh, like a lot of Justine is like seeing... like. I'm not going to spoil Justine, but it is a shorter experience. It's only like a, less than an hour long, but it's permadeath. So if you get caught by the monster, which I did multiple times, you restart the whole game. Nice. But the puzzles mm. don't change. So eventually I was speed running it, you know, like just like juking the monster because I yeah. knew his pathing and stuff like that. Yeah. But and he's just, or Justine's really good, especially there's like one puzzle at the end which looks like it's going to kill you. And the stress of making it this far without getting killed, because you die in like one hit, you know, yeah. stress oh, making really? it this far. So it's like one hit, one kill. And getting game. put under this pressure, like you need to solve this puzzle in the next 30 seconds or you will die and have to restart the whole game. That literally gave me like heart palpitations of like, <laughs> <laughs> like I do not want to replay this game for the fourth time, but I and know I'm in... always so close to the end. This was in Justine? Yeah, in Justine. Okay. I'm not going to spoil it, but something happens in the puzzle, and it's actually really kind of interesting because it's not what you expect. At least I didn't expect it. The monster is actually just your your kid trying to get get a a, a hug, trying to get a bowl of cereal. That's the other thing is like amnesia. Like It's in the title. Like You don't know why you're here, what you're doing. So you don't even know who you are in the story of all the story bits that you're like uncovering or you think you know who you are, but you you don't Ooh. always have it right. Interesting. Which leads into number 74 amnesia, a pig machine. 
this game. <laughs> <laughs> a machine is, for pigs. A machine for pigs. Have you guys played it? The Nine Inch Nails album, right? No, no. Dude, it is. Yeah, stop trying to increase those things. Sorry, I'm, I'm I just want to see the details. He's like, enhance the details of this thumbnail. Yeah, enhance. <laughs> and then it turns this four, like 400 pixel image into this stretched out fucking blurry monstrosity that's scarier than the actual game we're talking about. Dude, Amnesia and Machine Rebix, not scary, but all these games are almost like Cthulhu-esque. I, I love oh, this. Really? I love the story in this one. Yeah. It wasn't scary at all. There was no... I don't think there's a oh. single scary moment in the game. There's a giant Besides... pigo. There's a huge pig monster. Well, yeah, there's the pigmen, but they're just doing their things. They're doing them. They're just chilling. They're just they're just doing them. Well, yeah, but them is also yeah, eating the human flesh. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. So they're yeah. not. So they are trying to kill you. Oh yeah, they're definitely trying to kill you. Oh. And but they keep the I amount mean, of like pig squealing. Like I expected more pig squeals. There was not a lot of pig squeals in the game. What? How can uh, you no. make a, a big game without pig squealing? As a metal enthusiast, I am not pleased. I know. It's a, there's just a lot of walk, 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 walk as they're just oinking around. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Only oinks, man. Come they're on. walking around them little trotters on the uh, the sheet metal good... floor. Whee! Yeah, I'm like, I need a screech in there somewhere. Something to give me the chills in the distance. Yeah, like It's like one thing you hear like a wolf howl in the distance and you're like, oh no. I'm in danger, but you hear a pig screaming in the distance. I'm like, I'm in real danger. <laughs> I'm in danger. But this so game is the... actually really good. What is the machine, or what is the pig? <laughs> I guess both. Yes, yes. Well, the machine is the society that we live in. Mm. All right. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with Lovecraft's works, but he has a little bit familiar with this cat. A, one story. I don't remember what his name is like. The the adventurous tale of john jorge or something like that you remember that uh, one where they go to mexico oh, i don't i think so vaguely okay right? so there's and he there's opens up the story. book and there's like a thing in it there's one story where like <laughs> uh, the monster reaches out it's a pop-up book no, it's right at the beginning it's about like adventures that go to mexico and they have a guy who he's incredibly racist to uh of course oh, surprise. Because it's classic. Surprise. It, it, yeah. <laughs> he calls him just you know like the trash generic people all that stuff but turns out he has the inca blood in him the mayan magic of all the oh, ancient he's tribes. Got the mayan magic the racist yeah. got it the, no not the racist guy the oh. the guy who he's belittling that is like his guide in oh. the area does okay. he sacrifice him no but they uncover like an ancient shrine that awakens the god in him and cool altogether it's just like a very spooky story about like there is unknown horrors that are like lurking beneath oh thanks jana just bought me brought me a big thing of mac and cheese thanks jana thing of mackers. <laughs> but, mackers. <laughs> i love some good mackers but amnesia machine for pigs is like hey what if you know these ancient societies that are just kind of dissolved at this point what if they are actually better off because they were so polluted with like the sinful people? Eventually, they were destroyed by the feather dragon and all that other stuff. The Quetzalcoatls. It's a Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, Quetzalcoatls. Like cool. this takes it to the next step, and it's like, what if we rebuilt this type of temple, summon the old gods in London, Ooh. but instead of I don't know the London traditional like it. human sacrifices, all we have is a gross amount of pigs. And not to spoil too much about it is like then your character wakes up. He doesn't know what's going on. He's locked in a cage. You get out of the cage, but you realize that you you're the one that built the cage to keep something else out while you slept. 
the game is so good at being creepy. It feels like Scorn, where it's like you're uncovering a spooky world and less of amnesia where you're moving around the dark. There's no sanity meter. You don't have to worry about oh, nice. any extra bullshit. Uh, you cool. have like endless lantern oil. It's like the most streamlined amnesia experience, and I loved it. Um, it sounds which, so fucking cool. How, how old it's is so good? Game? I, it's not very old. Not that old. But I'd say not very old. It's probably like six years old or something like that. No, I mean, but still, I mean, fucking Prey came out in 2017, right? Yeah, I mean, so, it's really good, good. games. Good games are good. Now, to step away from my backlog buster, because that was number 74, I was like, Amnesia's great. I'm going to keep playing him. I booted up The Bunker, which Nate oh, was boy. infamous for, of saying that he was drunk trying to play it, and he couldn't figure out how to load his pistol. It is <laughs> like they, they took all the notes from Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs, and they're like, all right, this was our simple, slimmed-down narrative experience. What if we took that all away, and we're just going to give someone a sandbox environment with a monster lurking in it, and we're just going to on the player push them down and tell them <laughs> you're gonna like it if you want to play this game you play by our rules and they're like your flashlight it dies after 10 seconds and you have to charge it loudly by pulling a little ripcord going chainsaw starting it but if there's any monster nearby he's gonna hear it so you better it's off like just fucking, sitting in darkness like fucking woody from fucking toy story he's like race for the sky and the monster's like what <laughs> yeah excluded. And so there's other points where it's like, also, we're going to drop you in a Metroidvania level. So it's not even like a linear level. It is a full on hub experience in this bunker. You need to explore. You need to learn alternates. There's booby traps. There's little monster holes where he sticks his little his little grabbers out and he kind of feels around (laughs) when you walk by. And then it's like, also, there's one map and it's in the center of the area. And that's the only way you can see the layout. Also, there's one generator by the map. And it only has a limited amount of fuel. And so if you're turning on the lights, which is the only way to walk around safely, is to turn on the lights because the monster hates light. You only have like maybe five minutes of light until you need to go back and refuel it. Oh, my God. This game is like, I. the weird thing is I respect it so much. And I really (laughs) want to play. Like, I see it and I'm like, like I'm like, finally, a worthy opponent. At my point, I'm still trying to beat another fucking 20 something games i do not have time to to make this game my bitch but i'm going to keep it in the backlog and be like i'm coming back for you one day because i have died multiple times but i'm at the point where it's like once you learn what you need to do it gets easier so i'm like i think i should start a new game because i'm already used up like all my resources at this point of like they only give you one bullet at a time because it's like you and it's god the, the game thing is, is so brutal. Okay, um, reload. You so, got to hold down X. You got to press right trigger to remove any empty shells from the. Why? Uh, why? Uh, it's a fucking game. Stop it. And Stop then press it. right trigger again to load one round in, and you can do this one at a time. It's Are a horror you, title. The That's co-op. So That's <laughs> like co-op. Okay, so can my point about this is that or like my my pain point is like as gamers can we come together and start gatekeeping game design in game genres <laughs> from these fucking dumbass studios who want to put metroidvania stuff in our horror games like like can can somebody sit down and say no you, you know i i need at least somebody to like who who's good at this shit to copyright it nintendo i don't know do your fucking thing but like i, I feel like cuz cuz that was some of my um 
pain points and some of my critiques of Jedi Survivor is that they wanted to do Dark Souls and they wanted to do Metroidvania, but they also wanted to do Star Wars. And it was like this weird blending and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And the most frustrating thing is like they wanted you to explore in that game. They wanted you to reach out. But then you hit parts of the map where you just can't fucking do anything until you progress through the main story to get all of the ability okay. that you need yeah, that to progress sucks. through the map. And I'm just like, that's so dumb to me. Like, why can't I just do this? Why? Cause this is the second game. Like, why doesn't he just automatically have everything that he needs to traverse through the map? It's stupid. Right. But I, I guess it's just, they needed to do it. It's they're making a video game. So they have to like do something. And a lot of, when I read online, everybody said at the like top of their like reviews and everybody said at the top of their like walkthroughs and stuff, do the main game first and then go get the side shit, which I'm like, I get it. But once I roll credits on a game, it takes a lot, a lot for me. If you're not a game like yeah. Starfield, it takes a lot for me to want to go back and do other side shit. Which, by the way, people are also saying about Starfield. The, the game opens up a lot once you beat the main story. And I think you have to do a new game plus, but all the stuff carries over or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Yeah. I've been trying. I've been on media blackout I've heard, the game. I've heard, ama- I've heard amazing things about the new game plus uh content that they put into starfield after you're done with the primary side so fucking excited dude the main quest is cool well like there's some cool shit going on in there yeah yeah some quantum entanglement yeah it's it's pretty sick anyway so sorry philip continue oh i mean bunker like let me like i really like it though even though this game is so anti-player like it is like it is yeah. weird how much it doesn't want you to play the game, but it's like in my first experience, I drop in, you're in this bunker, there's a, a wolverine creature running around, rat wolverine monster. You can't defeat it. Basically, you just need to escape. And you need to escape by getting dynamite because you find a note. It's like, hey, use dynamite to blow open the exit because they sealed the exit because they don't want the creature getting out. And you're like, Yeah, fine. It's like you need to go to the arsenal to get dynamite. I go to the arsenal and it's like crap, it's blocked. And they have, like, it it needs a a lever thing. Needs no, <laughs> I forgot what it was. What are those round round things that you spin? Valve. Handle. Valve. It needs a valve handle oh. because there's a valve handle, but you go to pull it and it shatters in your hands. <laughs> a grenade. <laughs> a grenade. <laughs> and so it's like I need a valve handle, but I don't know where to get it. And it's like, hey, maybe I can go to maintenance. I try going to maintenance because that's a whole other section you can go into, and there's nothing there. I'm like, crap. And it's like, hey, if you go to the communications hub, you can actually get the radio code because the arsenal is not only blocked by this valve, it has a pin code as well. So it's like, oh, I need to contact someone on the outside for them to give me the pin code. So I go to the personnel section to go to the communications room. On the way to the communications room, I pass the locker room. I go in the locker room and I look in and I see someone has a valve in their locker. And I'm like, oh, diesel. John Diesel has a valve in his locker. And I'm like, but where does it, I don't know his code. And then I go back to the map and I look on the map and there, John Diesel is an officer and has a room. And I'm like, oh, John Diesel's room. I go to John Diesel's room. I find that he has, in fact, a dog tag on the floor that has his locker number engraved on the back of it. So then I'm able to go back to the locker and open it up. By the way, this has taken me like 15 minutes and the generator has been running this whole time. I get the I get the handle. I go back. I open it up, and I'm like, "Crap! I can't get into the arsenal because I still need the code." But the code's not open because I need to go to the prison section because in the prison section is another key that will unlock the communications room, so I can radio out to get the combination. So I need to go into the prison section. On my way to the prison section, I just hear boom, 
and the generator powers down. And all of a sudden, I just hear a German prisoner in the background begging for help. And I all of a sudden hear the monster walking around on his little trotters. And I'm like, oh, great. And, <laughs> yeah and it auto saves at this point too so then the monster oh, just great. proceeded to instantly kill me like five times in a row and i'm like well i just need to start a new game at this point because um, so i think i wasted too much time dicking around i'm trying, trying to, to i'm trying to i'm trying to get a gauge on like where you sit at on this in your mind like do you enjoy overly complex game design like this like do you actually like it or is it frustrating to you more than like you know it does it tickle like your gamer like completionist side of the brain or do you are you genuinely enjoying your time there i love a complexity whenever i can see what should be done once i realize like once it's like a dark souls of like oh i'm the problem like yeah i could start a new game and redo all that stuff i just said in like less than a minute and a half when it took me 15 minutes the first time. And all of a sudden I'd be like, wow, I now have all this bonus fuel time of like power where I know the monster is not going to come out at this point. And the other point is like, I get into the prison section and I start like, there's no way to reload a save. So I just ran faster, you know, at each point. And I realized there's a wooden door. Well, wooden doors can actually be blown open with grenades in this game because this game is like almost breath of the wild. They're like, you need to experiment. Like they say at the beginning, like, experiment if something seems impossible it's probably impossible but try everything and give up on things that don't work like they have a whole blurb at the beginning of the game it's like this is going to be challenging and when they were upfront about that i think the game is actually really impressive that it's actually demanding something from the player i don't like being demanded of i don't i don't like when people demand things of me it's like i don't like being handed things our next game, Island Saver 75, is probably one of the hey. most in like unique gaming experiences. Oh, let me this up real quick. I want to see. <laughs> I see it. Oh, no, it's terrible. Okay. Island Saver. It is a, a edutainment game that is free on Xbox. That oh, I am edutainment. In. Okay. Yeah. It teaches you how to save the environment while also learning fiscal responsibility. Hey. And it is so go. strange. Because you, it teaches you how to take out loans, how to earn interest. It teaches you really? how to do money conversion of like converting from euros to dollars to gold doubloons. And at the same time, you're picking up aluminum, uh, you're picking up plastic and glass off of all these islands and turning them in uh, to earn gold. But then the gold, they collect one out of every 10 pieces of gold as taxes. And then you can then use the taxes that have been collected to build bridges on the island. And it is so strange. Centralized government agenda in my games? No, thank you. This game is like six hours long, too. And I played through the whole thing, and I was just, I was hypnotized. Because it's not often you see a game trying to teach you something or teach children something. And I was very impressed by what Island Saver was doing. It's not necessarily fun, but it is, it's weird. I don't know. Like, how do you guys feel about education and gaming? Um, I made a post on. I don't know if you guys are familiar with these these dudes, but they are a gaming podcast that called the uh, Welcome to Game Corp, and they have a really they're like a skit based podcast, and uh, they're really funny. It's like they're working for 
uh, GameStop, but like the devil is the CEO and like they're just like four employees and every every week it's just them going on a new adventure in a game and they like pretend to like be inside of the game and it's it's honestly very it's a brilliant concept. I really like that show. I don't watch it. I don't listen to it hardly enough, but um, they like put a post on their Discord and they're like, what's your they were like, what's what's the most valuable thing that you've ever experienced in a game? And I talked about how Animal Crossing has like one of the most important like it's not only is it an accessible game for literally anyone and everyone to play but it also teaches you organizational management and financial management in the same breath and it also teaches you like kind of like a base a vanilla version of how to like earn on the stock market right um so and and so i thought like you know they've i've talked about how like that game did more for young for young influenced more and educated more young people than the public school system really ever has. And so personally, I love it when you can do that. I don't necessarily know in like a mainstream game. I don't know if like a specifically targeted, like we're going to have cute like art or anything like this in the game is, is something that I would spend time in. But what I was going to say is that Island Saber looks like a great (laughs) game that you would just put in, put like you, as soon as Arthur's old enough to hold the controller, you just put it in his hands and he's going to love it. It plays like Slime Rancher, if you're familiar oh, with really? that. Yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. Sorry, funny meme. With a vacuum gun. What's the, what's the meme, Dave? What's the meme? Oh, okay, I'll share it with you guys. This, this, remember when I was talking about people getting upset about pronouns and stuff in, yeah. in, yep. in Starfield? Uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but this has been blown up into a big thing on Twitter, but then oh, I just saw no. this meme. Yeah, it's all over my timeline now. I don't know if it's because I interacted with it and now it's all over because the algorithm figured it out. Read that out, Philip. <laughs> it's a funny meme, verbs. <laughs> if you think pronouns are confusing, wait till you find out about verbs and it's like a wizard disintegrating another guy. It looks like a magic together in card art. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's so fucking stupid. It looks like the wizard that ponders the orb. <laughs> Did you see the memes about pondering yeah, the orb? orb. <laughs> <laughs> all right one more game and then we can finally move on grow up is the from ubisoft are you familiar with this either of you i no. i played it on playstation because it was a ps a ps plus game this was a, a game for gold back when i've had this game for years at this point and the whole premise is a physics-based platformer uh where you're on like a Mario Galaxy style planet where it's perfectly round and the farther up you get, the less gravity there is. The game is actually really creative in the way you do like climbing mechanics. It's like left hand is grab left with like, you know, or left trigger is grab with left hand, right trigger grab with the right hand. And so you're doing like a lot of physics climbing and you start planting plants on this planet that then launch you around, let you glide. And you're just exploring this, small yet massive planet as this cute tiny robot i started a long time ago but i got stuck on it because i was just bad at the game i picked it back up last night and just knocked it out real quick but that's 76 so that leaves me just like 24 more games before the end of the year i think i'm gonna make it you don't think starfield's gonna make things hard for you 76 i think you're gonna do it dude yeah, I mean, it was this at the rate number that you're nine. going through these games. Like, I have no idea how you found time to go through even Maquette. Like, I I couldn't go through <laughs> Maquette that. was like, like four like, hours. If and I know that you could. I know you could probably. I know Vembo was quick. I'm sure Bladed Fury was quick. Signalis. I know you had been working on. You've been picking away at Signalis a little bit, but 
all of these together, it just blows my mind that you're able to go through this, even if they were short. Don't play anything else. You just sit down and I'm like, I'm going to play this only. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're looking over it across at me playing all the good games. (laughs) What? Oh, dude. It's just after playing this list, like I don't regret playing this many games this year, especially when they're just such a random grab bag of games. But next year, I'm going to settle in. I want the longest and hardest and sloggiest games I can find to just play next year. So you're just going to, it's just going to be the year of Yakuza. Dude, that's, I, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, next year, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play every Yakuza game next year. Or next year, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play through, uh, what was the Dr- Dungeons and Dragons game before Baldur's Gate? Uh, Divinity 2. Divinity, yeah, yeah, Divinity. I have that in the disc tray of my Xbox. There's no disc tray, just in the disc of thing of my Xbox waiting to be played because I'm going to launch that bad boy up as soon as I as soon as you get to hundred. Yeah. I'm really really excited to hear what you have to say about that, Phil. Cause like, like I was saying before I want to play more Larian games after playing Baldur's Gate three, I was like, these motherfuckers are cooking. They are masters. Like I said this to Dave in his discord earlier. I was like, you know, we talk about uh, people have been critiquing Starfield now that reviews have coming out. Obviously I've tried to shield myself from some of it, but I just can't because I'm listening to people, you know, and online and whatever. But a lot of people have been talking about how uh, flat the performances are a little bit in in Starfield. And I, I get it. I get it. But it's also it's the charm. It's the Bethesda charm. You know, like you there's the dead eyes. You know, they get all of the yeah. NPCs have the little dead, dead eyes, eyes and they have the plastic faces. They all look like mannequins that someone's just, you know, shoved their hand the in and moving, your, moving yeah. the mouth. Yeah, they look like puppets. But it's also I love it when the face is like the the expression gets fucked up and they like split yeah, their face. Like, they're, like, they're, they're like scowling as they're like con- like they're complimenting you. They're like, "Oh, you you look really great today." Yeah, yeah. You, you listeners, you can't see that, but um, I don't know I, who plays like because like I play this game and I'm not listening to them. I'm reading it and then pressing A the moment I'm my fucking eyes are done with that last word. I can't. I've that's a weird gamer thing now is that I can read the subtitles so much quicker. And in my brain, I'm like, do I really want to listen to them perform this voice acted line? Like maybe for main quests, I let them do it, but I'm almost considering turning off subtitles to kind of slow myself down. But at the same time, I don't want to slow down my playthrough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I can't hear people when they're talking. My my point about Baldur's Gate 3, though, is that when you... First of all, the mocap is infinitely better than anything Bethesda has done. The mocap is insane. And they talked about... There's been a lot of stuff online about how much work they put into it. But uh, but the thing that's more interesting to me is the fact that their world feels so integrative and lived in. And like when you go and you get to a camp and you're talking to NPCs there, like they're giving you... They're giving, they're talking to you like a real human being would, first of all. And then when they talk about their problems, they're not being like, well, you know, I have a, I have a thing locked in a chest over here, you know, wish somebody could get it for me. Hint, hint. Like they don't do that. They're like, you know, I'm having a problem with the Druids and they, and they actually took my kid and I don't know what to do. Like, I'm really stressed out about it because I'm not sure how I'm going to deal with this because they won't let people of my race go into their sanctum. And like, I need to get my kid. And like, it feels like somebody's legitimately asking you for help sometimes in the real world and then when you go back it doesn't feel like you know quest complete check mark it feels like oh my god thank you so much like you i can't believe that you took the time to go do it it feels like really lived in in like you know a high fantasy but real world you know yeah real impacts that's my spiel 
I wonder right who's gonna like. I, I'm I'm excited for the listener who sees Quake Two and they're like, oh my god, this is one of my favorite games. And then they see three and a half hours and they're like, oh my god, they're gonna talk so much about Quake Two. God. Uh, with that, uh, <laughs> do we have time for him of the asshole? Ah, uh, sure. Why not? Uh, as long as you're not time crunched. No, no, I'm not. All right, quick patrons. Insane Cracker, Nick Knight, Hopple, Michael Superbacker, and the Intergalactic Pinecone, which, Nick, thank you. Uh, thank you for all your support. I really want to do more for the patrons. Like, I was thinking about doing individual recordings for each of my backlog games, but I am making so... or I'm completing so many games. So I'm yeah. thinking after my 100... No you have yeah, no time. I would, I would sit down and actually dedicate, like, writing out, like, Keith, that main quest, big inspiration, and actually, like, do... talk about each individual game I finish. You can do like a roundup. Like, what if at the after your hundredth game, you could be like, "Here are the highlights of my backlog bus." Oh, that'd be that'd be a good one. Yeah, we gotta do something. Thank you for all the Patreon stuff. Thanks for yes. all the reviews. Thanks for rating us. It really helps in the algorithm. All right, and with that, time for helping people out on the internet with the "Am I the Asshole?" section. So. With this uh, little post, Nave, you read it last time, so I can take this one, give you a little break. Do you want to read read this one? Yeah, Yeah, I'll I'll do it. Let me do it. Okay, cool. I'll I'll get ready to go. Nave, first of all, what did did you buy, Nave? Oh, Nave, did you buy stuff? You bought Starfield. Uh, Yeah, I bought the Starfield Early Access. The the premium edition. I don't know. You You bought pizza. I bought a fat-ass pizza, dude. <laughs> so like listen i i sometimes whenever i get off work i'm like i don't know what i want to eat sometimes i base it solely on what i heard podcasts because i listen to podcasts all day at work sometimes i'll hear a podcaster just be like hey man pizza hut's not pizza but pizza hut stuff crust i crave that shit sometimes Ooh, and i'm like yeah. stuff crust pizza hut huh That's and so i came home and i ordered some pizza because i got two days off this weekend and uh, that's what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna eat some leftover pizza hut and boy, howdy. Well, is that see, I'm, specifically, I'm specifically upset with you, Nave, because you took the you took the chance to flex on us in the Discord group chat and you posted your fat ass pizza, which is dope. And I love that for you. I'm happy for you. But then I was like, I don't have any food in my fridge. Guess what I'm having tonight? Fucking pizza. But I DoorDashed. There's this like, you know, you know how they have ghost kitchens on DoorDash? There's yep, this yeah. ghost kitchen called Pie Guys in my area. And I swear to God, boys, like th- like their pizza is better than anything I've ever had. Like, you know, better than <laughs> Papa John's, better than, you know, some of these other things. I mean, you can't go better wrong. With a gr- yeah, way better than Domino's. It's <laughs> trash. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Jordan. I, I love Jordan from complete Xbox. But anyway, no, I uh, yeah, it's called Pie Guys. And like the like the crust is like a it's almost like a pastry crust, but it's like greasy and it's got oil in it and it makes it, it fucks my stomach up. But it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, there used to be down uh, downtown OKC. There used to be this pizza place that shut down during the pandemic, unfortunately. But um, yeah. they had this amazing, like, it was super garlicky marinara that they used in the pizza. Like, the sauce was, like, very, like, sharp. I don't know how to explain it otherwise. But, like, it's, like, right in the middle of a bunch of bars. And so I would get drunk, and I would go, and I would uh, eat that pizza, and it would be a, it'd be fantastic. It'd be sobering yeah. you up real fast. Pizza's great. Yeah, it's so good. But anyway, moving on to Am I the Asshole, we decided to pick one for this week uh, that has been... I, I I failed on the first time that I did the Am I the Asshole because it because I ended up going very serious as opposed to funny, and I regret it because there's always room for funny. 
And so now I have my second shot at this. Uh, and so this week, um, there's a posting from this girl per, or, or this person that says, uh, careful weather 889 on Reddit. And they're saying, am I the asshole for telling my sister I'm not going to help her with the house after she let my niece break our family video game console? Whoa, which one is that? Is that the Wait, one you lost? This is not the correct one. Sorry, that was, that was the wrong one. Sorry, spoilers, future spoilers for people. Okay. Oh, here no, we go. You here can we use go. that one if you want. Nah, yeah, nah, nah. This is the one that I wanted. The Emma the asshole for this is from I Need Healing six months ago posted. <laughs> Am I the asshole for trying to convince my girlfriend that she's not bad at playing? Games? Much tamer. In parents. Yeah, much tamer. This is my first post on Reddit. <laughs> wow. In the asshole. Uh, I'm sorry for any mistakes. Yes, I created this account just for this specific post. I, 21 male, play video games almost every day. If I had enough free time, I don't play if I have other things I to do. My girlfriend, 21 female, on the other hand, never plays them. She barely tried uh, a couple of them since she started dating me. And before that, her only experience was with The Sims, as far as I know. Another important disclaimer is that she never tried games that involved using keyboard and mouse together to aim and shoot. Don't fucking do it, people. Don't, don't even try. Don't even try. It's 2023. If you haven't started, don't try. When, I've had, when I have some free time, I usually play Paladins. For those Whoa. who don't know it, uh, it's basically a first-person shooter with multiple characters. My girlfriend curious in the latest months and my girlfriend got curious in the latest months and decided to give it a try. Therefore, yesterday I asked her if she wanted me to teach her how to play and she was really happy. So I sit next to her and explain to her how to move, how to shoot, how to use abilities, etc. She got interested in a specific character, which is basically a sniper. I told her that it's extremely difficult to play such a character, but she wanted to try nonetheless. Already problems. Continuing on. She started playing some games, and as expected, she had a hard time in playing. For someone who never played with a mouse and keyboard, moving and shooting is not easy at all. Agreed. Uh, if it, uh, and it was difficult for her to understand what was going on during the games she played until she got pissed off and left. So she ultimately got pissed off and left. Is yeah. in parents. Uh, I explained to her that it's normal to have these problems at the beginning, given that she does not have any prior experience. She kept saying that she's useless, that she's doing nothing while others are carrying her, etc. I tried multiple times to reassure her and to say that it's better to start playing with an, another with other easier characters uh, if she wants to learn the game, and then play with the one she likes when she learns it. She got pissed off at me and told me, what's the sense in playing a game if I can't play the character I'd like? And told me, you should stop You should stop trying to aggressively convince me that I'm not bad at playing. <laughs> I would like to add that she has a problem with losing in general. <laughs> uh, every, time she oh, loses, every time she loses at a game with me, not necessarily video games, cards also, she gets extremely pissed off and barely talks with me for hours sometimes. Am I the asshole in the situation? So what do you think, boys? Uh, she needs some DMT. She needs an ego death, I think. That's what she needs. I agree. She seems like I the agree. asshole. Well, yeah, I agree. I don't think too. he is. I don't think, I think he's being, in his post, he seems like he's bearing reasoned, but of course, we're seeing this from his perspective. So yeah. what if he's, what if he's like, what if he's changing up the reality of like, what if he's like aggressively being like, you need to do this, you need to do that, as opposed to like being he's a micromanaging her. He's yeah, playing the game yeah. for it. He's playing him yeah. and her at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's me teaching people how to play League of Legends. I I, I, I feel yeah. I, I was I was thinking because I played Paladins as well. That's why I was like, whoa, deep cut. That's like that's like free bad Overwatch. But um, actually, okay. like Paladins more than Overwatch. 
but uh so if from in the sense of like what's the sense of playing the game if i can't play the character i like that's kind of like a not good that's bad that's a bad stance yeah like paladin someone's gonna pick your character eventually and you're gonna have to play someone else like you those are in those kinds of games you have to learn how to like play different characters but i uh, like when i would teach people how to play league um well phil walked off so i was gonna directly talk to him but so i'm listening uh, so whenever you play game like character shooters like this, the problem with only playing specific characters like you, there's an obvious issue, right? But whenever I teach how to play people how to play League, one of the, my first things is to always be like, which character stands out to you? There's 200 of them. Like one of these guys has to like look cool to you, and then they pick like Cassidy, and I'm like, oh fuck, oh, no. that's not a good, that's not a Cassidy, good character to start out with. That's yeah. Bad. yeah. Yeah, I, I see. That's the funny thing about Overwatch too, and, and that's I never played. Uh, I never played the the base Overwatch one game. Uh, although, from what I understand, there is no difference between two and one, other than new skins uh, and new maps. Uh, but I would say, and new characters, of course. But uh, I think like it's interesting here, though. But like, obviously, she doesn't know anything about video games, based on what, and I feel like that's a very accurate representation of what he's saying here. So she doesn't understand how much playing a specific class type matters versus playing something that is way, way easier um, when you're doing that. Because I went through my whole thing with Overwatch 2 when it came out. Everybody was hyped about it. And I bounced around a dozen characters before I finally landed on D.Va and realized that you can just fucking like boost in the middle of like the action combat and fuck up your enemy's plans. And yeah, you'll probably die, but then you can also like hop out of your robot and destroy it. And then, you know, try to run around and try not to get killed, but you're super like squishy. As soon as you get out of that robot, you're basically like one shot, one kill when you're like in your human form until you can reload your mech. Um, But yeah, no, it's so it's like interesting here that, you know, she's, I don't know, I don't, we don't have context. They're both 21. So yeah. I agree with you in that sense, Nave. I think you're actually like hitting on the head because fucking teenagers and people in their early 20s, they have such inflated egos because life hasn't given them reality checks yet and hasn't, hasn't crushed yeah. them down with years of, you know, being <laughs> downtrodden from, from corporate America. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're, we're used to having our egos be checked on a constant daily basis at that point, at this point now. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, it also feels like this might be more than just games. Because he goes on to say later on, he's like, she just gets mad in general when she loses. Which might mean that games just aren't for her. Like, if she's not, and I hate to say that, because I feel like games can be for everybody. Because there are so many games out there, kind of like Starfield, that, first of all, if she doesn't know how to play mouse and keyboard, you do not need to be putting her in a competitive multiplayer game. She needs to learn to play something like Baldur's Gate or she needs to be playing yeah. something like Starfield where you know she can choose to be first person or she can choose to be a third person and figure out how key bindings work or how you know using a controller works first. Like you don't you don't throw people you don't like take someone who's never played a game and then throw them into, you know, war well, like the Astro war She's picked this game. Yeah, I was gonna so say his hands are it. kind of tied because he yeah. was playing Paladins and she's like, "That looks fun. I want to play that." And I mean, then she so was like, other... "I want to play this character," and he's like, "That's a hard character," and she's like, "I still want to do it." And I would say like, okay. though that even more than this, like he needs to expose her to something like Fortnite. 
because we all know that Fortnite's a great game. Like it's a, it's a great game for beginners to jump into. Third person shooter. You can play literally any fucking character that you want. Like I think same. that's true, right? They, like yeah. they're all the same. Like the no, there's nothing wrong. Like you can pick any skin that you want to play. You can use a sniper rifle if you like that. You can use an assault rifle if you want. Like and so and it's fun and it looks good and it's pretty, right? So, but you know, she chose this, right? So it's whatever she wants to do. But I think that there might be a little bit of assholery going on on each side. I think that I I'm on his side. I'm on the boyfriend's side for this one though because I think he genuinely like wants her to share his interest. He like genuinely wants her to like try and like try to like enjoy it so they can spend time gaming together because that's like a love language for gamers, right? It's like to spend time in a multiplayer match with your significant other. How much how much more fun can you ask for? You know, all of our friends talk about it who are married and I'm just like, god, wish I had that. Uh, yeah well i think no you don't stay single please stay single is what they always say one hiccup i'm seeing one hiccup i have with this though is that she she's saying that uh she he should stop trying to aggressively convince her that she's not bad at video games well i think that it's important to tell the truth to people whenever you're trying to get them into things you he if he's telling her she's not bad and it's normal that you that she's having trouble with her first game he should also like include that she is bad like she's she is doing bad but like you have to be able to understand like you have to be able to like self-reflect on it's okay to be bad sometimes i mean i philip knows that i have problems whenever i'm not living up to my fucking standard of myself (laughs) playing fucking halo and shit but aren't you an alpha gamer knave yeah and that's the thing is that if i'm playing halo and i'm going like 7 and 15 i'm like not a happy person i am very upset (laughs) so but it's not like it's not like I don't know. I'm mad at myself, and I think that this because I'm very competitive. Spoiler alert! But like, I'm very competitive, and um, even though I hide behind sarcasm and humor, I'm usually like there's a there's a hint of truth in some some of the things that I'm fucking feeling or expressing. And I think that this person is pro- the, the the girlfriend is probably in a similar position where she might be like have this general like. Uh, like default okayness at things and then she probably picks things up pretty easily and whenever she doesn't pick something up right away it makes her frustrated and i feel i feel that like i have to i have to struggle with that sometimes when i don't immediately get good at something i'm like i don't i fucking hate this this is stupid i don't want to play anymore like smash brothers i don't want to fucking play philip and smash because they'll just beat the shit out of me and i don't want to play no more Mm. Mm. so the way i see this i think she is being an asshole, but only in that she doesn't seem, like you said earlier, to like we're alpha gamers. She doesn't seem to understand the language of a team game. Yeah. Like, not as long. If we just take video games out of the mix, which I do every time, because the video games could just be like a facade on this. What's the sense of playing a game if I can't play the character of like? What's the sense of playing soccer if I can't be the goalie? I want to be goalie or something like that. It's like, well, you're dog shit at goalie, but sure, you're, you know, four foot two. You're not going to be catching any <laughs> balls or something yeah. like that. Like, like there's a point where if you are going to play a team game you need to play on the team like you said like this point we can't all be hanzo you know somebody needs to be the 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 pig grabber i don't know his name pig grabber pig yeah, grabber he's I, hated, I hated that guy i hated that character pig so he good. fucking made me so angry when people would grab him with yeah. those fucking hooks yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just skating and having a good time vibing to my EDM, and then I yeah. go around the corner and just see him, Dum! like I just fucking stare at me. Like, oh, good, I'm dead. Yeah. Oh, God. 
So it's like, uh, I get playing the character that you want, but you need to be supporting the team if you don't want to be seen as bad and just getting carried. But even yeah. if you are bad and getting carried, that gives you a chance to grow and, and improve. Like, maybe I'm just let a self-toxic gamer, but I was talking about, you know, getting my shit pushed in by Amnesia Bunker earlier, where the game was just wrecking my shit because I obviously didn't know what I was doing. But that didn't put me a frame of mind of like, oh, obviously the game game is bad developed. It put me in the thing of like, obviously I misplayed. Like, mm. she needs to recontextualize what's happening because well, she doesn't okay. understand what, what is happening at this moment. So there's an interesting wrinkle to this because there's a judgment bot that uh, apparently has posted here. And apparently it's coming in and saying that the OP has offered the following explanation for why they think they might be the asshole. And the guy says, I'm a person that rarely acts without thinking. Therefore, I always try to critically analyze the situation before saying or doing something. Moreover, I try to I try to always be extremely supportive to people I care about. And my girlfriend is the peak of this. I always compliment her for every little achievement and I reassure her. That doesn't mean that you're an asshole. That means you're a nice guy. Oh, he's, and then he says, on the other hand, she is overly critical of herself. She has problems accepting losses. The contrast between how bad she talks about herself and how much I try to convince her of being an amazing girl uh, I fell in love for often ends up in fights like this one. So they clearly have sense. problems beyond gaming. I, I I deeply empathize with this relationship because I'm the girlfriend in this situation, like uh, legitimately. Like if I get in my own head, I can spiral so fucking quickly. And if you try to help me, it's not it's not going to help. If you tried, if I perceive that you're lying to me about something, like I just disregard everything you're about to say to me. And yeah. whenever someone's fucking butt hurt about something. It, it, it and you try to like get if you try like Philip's given up a long time ago on trying to fucking console me whenever I'm in this state of mind, right, Philip? You have nothing to say here. Just yeah, and then we've all like Jan's like, what's going on? I'm like, Nave's sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to knock me out of it is to just fucking make fun of me and make me laugh at myself. Which I do to myself also. When I'm getting upset, eventually I'll, I'll get to a point where I'm like, I have to say something really fucking stupid so that I make myself laugh to hopefully get me out of this fucking mindset that I'm in. But yeah. um, if she, like, this, this seems to, to be deeper than the video game level, as most of these usually tend to be. Um, she probably has really bad... Uh, she's probably her own worst enemy about a lot of things. And he, and him being like a, like a, a, a nice guy that doesn't help sometimes whenever you've got that fucking de demon on your back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really empathize with the girlfriend here, but sh it doesn't ch change the fact that she's the asshole. Sometimes being the nice guy is also being the asshole. And it's because you don't know how to read the room. And so you have to understand what people are looking for. And sometimes people need space and they don't want you to be, oh, honey, like, baby, like, you're so great. You're so like, no, sometimes that just makes you feel worse and you need to be mature enough to recognize that. And at 21 years old, I think they probably don't understand that. So, yeah, probably not. Yeah, I mean, I'm 30 and I'm just barely reconciling with that part of my fucking life. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's move on. Yep. Uh, anything before we take a break and hit the meat? Let's do it.
the fucking Be- two-hour break. Music plays. Yeah, our, our intro section was two hours long. This might be the most, the longest it's ever been. Yeah, the longest intro. Starfield and my backlog. Sorry. Aye, aye, aye. I, but but we're not we're not level capped by Zencaster because Patreon pays for Zencaster. It does. Yes. Cool. All right. Quake Two, originally developed by id Software and published by Activision, Activision uh, released back in 1997. Very old. Uh, but we are playing the new modern remaster of it, which was done by Night Dive Studios slash Machine Games slash bethesda production i'm not sure on that actually it was hard to find information on that but uh it has evolved over the last 20-ish years but uh released august 2023 for the new one you are humanity's last hope to stop the strong a hostile alien race waging war against earth play this military sci-fi fps now upgraded for modern platforms with improved visuals new campaign content online multiplayer slash co-op and more so history with the series i'll take this first little one my only history if we're not counting like all the other fps doom children of doom whatever uh we did quake one whenever it was brought to new systems back before i moved to texas so we did a whole episode on it go listen to it nave history with quake as a series uh my first quake was quake four on the Mm. 360 Hell yeah. oh, I forgot about Quake fire. Wars. I played Quake Wars for a little bit. Yeah, Quake Wars was pretty cool too. It was like Battlefield, if I remember correctly. Nick, history? So, uh, yeah, similar to Nave, actually, my only touchstone with Quake was in Quake 4. And I was telling you this, Philip, while we were playing earlier this morning, um, that you know, I, I never actually played that game. I just watched hours and hours and hours of gameplay because it was like a 360 launch game and my cousin like got it and we he invited me over to play. But then I was like, oh, okay, is it my turn since you died? And he was like, no. And then that just continued <laughs> on. And, yeah, he was like, no, you're just watching me. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Um, this this studio that brought this forward though, Night Dive, uh, they're amazing. They've made the Torok remaster. So They've good. been... It's so good. This game is so beautiful, you guys. Yeah, it does look a lot better. But like these guys have been on a fucking rampage the past like five or six years, like remastering all kinds of games. And just recently, like maybe a week ago, they announced that Torok 3 is getting a remaster. And I am shitting my pants because I never got to play this one. This is the fucking long and forgotten one. This one came out when uh, the, the, what is it, the GameCube was after the 64? This one came yeah. out after the 64 had died. Torok oh, 3. No. Yeah, so hardly anyone played it, but apparently it's one of the fucking best ones. It's like the best shooter on the fucking uh, Nintendo 64. So, man, ooh boy. I'm, I love Night Dive. Like, they're doing the System Shock thing. They're doing all kinds of fucking games, man. Yeah. All right, so hours played. I have about four hours. Nave had about three when I checked. Nick, how much of this game did you play? I feel like combined we put about an hour and a half into it. Oh my god, you're worse than Nave. That's a pretty <laughs> low bar. No, I know. I know. Yeah, I, I, couldn't find, I couldn't find any um I couldn't find time this week because of Starfield. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I just... don't blame you. So discussion <laughs> points in here. Uh I put the soundtrack in there because like it was a big deal with the first game, but 
honestly, I can't really hear it over us just being in party chat. My yeah. baby's running around everything. So I didn't even I had hear any down. of the sounds in this game. I had to turn it down because it was just like, it was so loud in my headset when I first loaded in. But the fucking music rocks, dude. The music slams. It's it's amazing. I, cool. I really, really love it. Yeah, uh, playing is dope. Yeah. These things don't. Uh, as far as story, also, when we were playing co-op, our co-op partners would just skip all any cutscenes. So I don't yeah. know what the story is. Besides, we landed on an alien base, and we literally go through every step of dismantling it. As we go, it's like, we're going to take down their arms factory. Now we're going to take down their transportation factory. We're going to take down their train station. We're going to take down giant their... Glock that shoots oh, yeah. ships out of the sky. Space gun. We're going to take yeah. down their space gun. We're going to take down their arsenal. Like, you literally just go through every step of a military base, just destroying it as, <laughs> as John Quake himself. And eventually John you get to... Quake. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, my favorite part about the intro sequence uh, to the story of this game is the fact that like you have this entire like armada of like ships that are shot out from like the orbital like command ship, and it's like the drop ships that are shooting down to Earth, and you're in your one, and some asshole fucking clips you as All you're like, going down, and he's like, "Oh, I, command, I got a problem here. Some, some, you know, some Yahoo clipped my tail, and then spin, and then for whatever reason, every other ship gets like nuked on the way down, and then." And for some reason it transitions to like the ship being the camera as it does a fly around even yeah. though it was in a tailspin it of flies the around the whole base <laughs> and me and chris or not chris i called chris me and nick are watching this and just like man i didn't really and then we all of a sudden we spin out because they're like oh no we lost flight controls even though we did enough we had enough flight control to do a full lap around the base before crashing it's so stupid yeah it's really dumb it's really dumb but it's also charming and I like that. I like that about these games. You made a comparison to Proteus while we were playing through. And I like, I, I kind of enjoy this game a little bit more just because I feel like the artistic direction in this game is kind of clearer than what Proteus what? was going for. Oh man, we're about to get into them because I found the artistic direction of this game disgusting. What? I mean, the color the color palettes are kind of poo-poo and gross. I will say that. But, but everything's uh, so clear and legible. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it is. That's kind of where I'm going with it. Is that okay. like it, the, there is there is visual clarity? Maybe maybe it's not art direction. Maybe I mean the UX and the UI. I think is is superior to my time in Proteus. I don't know Proteus has so many. I love the effects of Proteus though. All the like yeah. lasers and everything else. And this you don't Dude, even see projectiles half around. the time. Yeah. Like, but I mean, well, it's because most of the projectiles are hit scan. You're just getting hit instantly by them. This True. is a 1997 game, so no, putting there it are in projectiles context of that, though, you know. Yeah. 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 God. All right. So I this is the biggest crux I want to get to, or my biggest meat point. Let's just rip it right open. Is okay. comparing Quake One and Two because those okay. are my biggest comparisons. I don't have the time with four. I don't even remember wars. So my experience with Quake One is Quake is a Cthulhu ish Doom. That's it. Like is like Doom is like Christio Judeo hell. You know. Yeah. Quake is like Cthulhu abomination doom pretty much i even put in links to the if you want it guys want to pull that up that, that i'll put in the notes yeah the comparison of the monsters from the first game to the second game and i just love the designs of the first game so much more they look 
way poopier, but they have so much more character, so much more art design. I feel actual feelings when I look at them. Where everything else, I'm like, oh great, another oh, cyber wow. com- cyber commando soldier type deal. Like, yeah, you're right. It is very different. Like, and then I look at the abominations or the ogres. Like, you were going through like spooky ghost temples in the first game like you're going through castles and hell and they, they had terrible armor names. and shit that's cool yeah. the names of the Knight. levels of the first game were like the temple of hatred and the, the like i don't know like the the fields Lore. of pain and then we get this and it's just like the arsenal or the armory or the train station i feel like it sure. lost Ooh, so much character whenever it tried to i don't know like make more character for itself like it looked like it, it's trying to be its own thing but I don't like the thing it's trying to be. Whatever you do, do not say on the podcast the name of the elder god. We did that joke <laughs> last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can say that, Philip. <laughs> yeah. Because like that was the other thing is like I was like super into like all the written dialogue because there was only like less than a hundred words written in the original game where it was like yeah. a Dungeons and Dragons campaign how epic everything was everything was like super intense and it was all about how quake ranger or whatever your character's name is is basically like uncovering these elder gods and they completely just throw that stuff away we don't want any of it now Now we are in cyberspace adventure correct corrupted by an ai and then now they've just been tortured to be automatons yeah these abominations it's just like it but that doesn't make sense though because I, i feel like I, I, why wouldn't you just continue with that same aesthetic? Like, do they do they change each game? Like, does the enemy change? Okay, go ahead. So originally, back in the day, was it like Carmack and um, what was the other guy? Huh? John Who's, Carmack and uh, uh, George Romero. I mean, yeah, no, Romero. John Romero. John Romero. Whatever. <laughs> so Carmack and Romero. Apparently, a lot of Quake One was based on their in-office Dungeons and Dragons game, and oh, yeah. this is what they were oh, really cool. going for. Yeah, and. Then after they made the first game, which was originally supposed to be like a Dungeons and Dragons medieval style game, but they swapped it at the last second because they basically ran out of development time. And they're like, just yeah. make a doom again. Just just shoot yeah. things. It was supposed to be like a hack and slash adventure. Right. Then in the second one, they're like, okay, we don't just want to make another doom shooter, but we need to make a follow up to Quake because that's mm-hmm. easy money. They were print, printing money at the time. Yeah. So then they went off and basically made a whole new game. And they're like, this is Quake. This is Quake now. And all of the old stuff in Quake that I liked looks like it just got thrown out. That's a shame. That's a big shame. I'm, I'm I feel like they just... These... Yeah, it's it's also like they wanted to differentiate themselves. And so you can't be too like Doom. You can't be too close to Wolfenstein. So, you know, which Nazis was it like Quake away. 1 came out the same year as Duke Nukem. So those are really? like... Those titles were like... The same. It was the Dark Knight and the Iron Man of its time, where you have this goofy silliness that is the Duke Nukem, and then you have the dark medieval horror that is the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. With the three D, the the all the character models are three D, and not in Duke Nukem. There's still sprites. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. I'm looking at one of these things because he sent us to uh links to these websites but one of them was game spy and as soon as i saw that i was like oh my god this is a fucking relic of the past so i started scrolling through the comments of this that are in 2006 they're so old and game it's spy? it's it's the oh, yeah. very first comment on this page was in october 23rd 2006 talking about quake uh quake 2 
and the username is I like pizza, yum yum, and it says pizza really get you up on your skills. So eat lots and lots of it, but not too much, or you will kill yourself. <laughs> Say one, so, no, no offense with a C instead of an S to Viet Dung, but Dung is bleep. The stuff that know. comes out of your ass crack. <laughs> Which, by uh, the way, if you're apparently if your account that you are posting comments on with does isn't registered it posts part of your ip address in your name (laughs) whoa oh my god big big oof big woof just giving away people's ips over here (laughs) all right cool are there any good Um, comments besides probably not all right but that's my complaint you know, That's it's it. it's really it's really interesting though because like this game in terms of obviously we're I'm I'm only comparing it to Proteus because that was one of the earlier shows that I was on with you guys and I to be fair like I loved Proteus and I wish I yeah. took more time to complete it and I think that the story in Proteus was really like interesting like it goes places right um, I don't necessarily know that this game like Quake Two will ever go places for me but simply as a cooperative experience it was absolutely seamless it's on Game Pass and you know it, I had a little bit of difficulties because I, I accidentally added myself twice so i had a controller character and a keyboard character and i ended up playing on the keyboard and mouse and keyboard it was actually really fun and then philip chimed in and he was like oh well like this game was actually designed for mouse and keyboard play like it's actually not necessarily set up for like gamepad playing um so i i really enjoyed it i wish i got to play with nave but there are so many times that were just fun moments who, who did we get loaded in by uh larry david oh, larry, larry david like, yep. yeah he, he came in and he was like ah i gotta get to my bad bits oh i need to get through the level and um it's it's always fun like when you get randos that kind of load into your games and they're just going through but i will say that it was just a fun time me and philip kind of just not really thinking too hard, just going through the levels, rubbing our faces against the command controls to get through yeah. to the next areas. You know, it was it was, it, you know, it was it was kind of like lighthearted and fun, and it also just worked really, really seamlessly as a co-op experience. So if you have like a crew of like of the boys, and you're like you don't know what to play, I feel like this is a great option for a callback if you enjoy boomer shooters for sure. Yeah, I mean, it has great quality. Like, there's so many quality of life updates. More than just like the visuals being so clear, like so yeah. easy to just see everything. Like, yeah. because if you look at screenshots from like the original where it's running on like, I don't know, DOS or something, it looks so muddy. Like, it looks yeah. real bad. But right. it has like a compass built in. So you can just be like, where do I need to go? Because these levels like get really complex and they interconnect yeah. and they're looping back and forth on each other where you're like on multiple levels. There's lots of elevation. There's they put so much into this game. Like mm-hmm. yeah. It's still like I say it holds up. Like we played through it and had a pretty good time. Like I don't really have any complaints besides I I liked it before the change. I don't like change. I don't know. Like Nave, what do you think? Quality is a remaster? Oh, great quality, but um I also don't like change, but I don't remember the original. What? I, I know the first game. I mean, I know the first game. I don't rem- I remember the original Quake 2. I don't know what's different oh, about yeah. like original Quake 2 and Quake 2 in this remaster. Yeah, I don't But know yeah, the the old I I at first I was like no way. Like I don't I don't believe you with the how the monsters are different. What Philip cuz the whole time we were playing Philip was like, "Man, I just missed the old Quake." I'm like, "It's always it feels like it's always been like this." And then now that I'm looking at these two comparisons, I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah. 
Phillips right. They did change quite a bit, didn't they? But then now that I'm looking at it's reminding me how much I was just like, this is just like Doom again a little bit. Like it's like the same almost with the instead of demons, they're like alien demons. Yeah. You know, and you're yeah, like, fight, instead of hell, you're fighting in a- Cthulhu hell. So it's like, I don't know. So <laughs> you're fighting it, an AI version. Yeah, but you're fighting in tech hell. You would walk into the Cthulhu church and you'd see fight. a giant white Jesus on the wall bleeding, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah. this is awesome. But it's like, why is Cthulhu alien space hell got Jesus in it? Well, I, didn't they have like their heads removed? So it was just a body or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they it was just a crucified like body or something. Playing around I pull up. iconography and stuff like they they do a good job of that for sure. Yeah, it was metal as fuck, but it's also like it it almost it just think it makes you think about like the Christian hell that that Doom is in, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I couldn't. And then, I couldn't and I also like without comparing it. Yeah, I I definitely I remember quite vividly Quake Four or Three. Whichever really? one is on the 360. Um, and it just it makes me because I know what the strong is, you know. And so this is a, like Quake 2 is a lot more in line than the three with the 360 Quake game than it is with the original. The original is kind of like a spinoff of Doom rather than what Quake eventually flushed itself out to be. No pun intended. A lot of flesh yeah, in this game. There's a lot of flesh. You know, I'm trying to find the crucifixion in Quake 1, but no one seems to have screenshotted it. You're going to have to do it yourself. I know. With the Thanos meme, with the glove. Quake 1. Oh, I I do appreciate how the logo, they just added another nail for Quake 2. I I saw that, I'm like, oh man, I didn't even notice this before. It's like like, the first thing you see in the game. Yeah, I know it's a giant asteroid that's like Quake Two, and like that's a little <laughs> on the nose. Yeah, I cannot find this crucifixion thing anywhere. Like, hmm. interesting, interesting. It's, all right, uh, since we are going long, is there any other meat points you got? Oh, uh, whenever you're playing in co-op, when you respawn, if you respawn <laughs> in the same section as another player, it insta gives them, so they just turn to meat and they just die. Yeah, yeah but then so you many... respawn right away and then kill the like. So it's like a fucking a pendulum, you know? Because <laughs> we're like spawn one person dies. Loop. When a it was me and Dave loop. just playing together, just the two of us, we it was almost like we called it like a WWE tag out type thing, where like one of yeah. us would be fighting, go to respawn, and just go, Poosh, and the other guy's now fighting, and then after a second yeah. later, Poosh, and now the other guy, and we were just basically like Mario Luigi taking turns as we yeah. would just randomly switch. Yeah. <laughs> It's very stupid. It's definitely not yeah. intended. I'm sure that'll get fixed, like with I don't, patches. Well, no, but... I, there's an option to turn that off. I just never turned it off because I thought it was funny. Oh, is there? You that was because of an option you made? Yeah, it's like, do you want player collision? If you say no, then that won't happen. But you also mm. can <laughs> run through each other. Mm. Another joke that I really enjoyed was I was able to shotgun you, and it we, we couldn't hurt each other but it would physically push your character so there was many precise platforming sections and i would just shotgun nave off of a platform or off of an elevator <laughs> and i just fall into lava and die and he would also constantly jump on elevators like in front of me while i was trying to get on together and he was like ah, too yeah. slow motherfucker <laughs> the elevators are so fast the second you step on the elevator it launches up it's so like, if you were like a second yeah. behind another player then they get yeah. on an elevator not even close it's game over and if you have <laughs> bad funny. luck the elevator like will come back force. down and crush you if you're yep. too slow. Yep. Like if you keep running. Oh god. 
there was a point when we had like three people crammed into an elevator and we were all riding up earlier with Nick and I just exploded because I was slightly too close to the wall. And, it just like, <laughs> and then he was like, oh, you died. And then Nick then also exploded by the time they reached the top because he was yeah. too close to the other yeah. wall. Uh, and then you yeah, respawn and explode stuff. the other guy. Yeah. yeah. So funny. Oh, this man. game is a That's good so time. Good. It's a really right. good time. Yeah, it feels very floaty on the on the controller, but like you kind of get used to it. Like this is one of those games because I remember this is how I first started learning how to play first person shooters, and I was like, oh, it's just because I was a kid and I was bad at first person shooters. But no, these old games are like the way that you aim. You aim more by strafing than you do physically turning your camera and aiming. At least that's right. what I do. Like I did right. a lot of bobbing and weaving around corners, like just walk to the left and walk to the right, or like. It, like you know rather than turning the camera to shoot someone you just t- walk to the left a little bit so that you're facing <laughs> them yeah yeah i know what you mean it's a lot it's easier like, to play that way so any other me points that's it for me man i'm just All looking right. at quake 4 screenshots now i mean we might have to go back and play some quake 4 multiplayer if it's anywhere to be played i would be surprised but i mean i don't know it's owned by fucking Microsoft now, and they went back and fixed all the servers for Call of Duty. So, the old ones. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll go to our final words. Music plays. And we're back. I'll take these I'm first so final hungry. words. I know, we're trying to end this right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to recommend Quake 2, but more, I'm going to recommend Quake 1. Go back and play the good one. You don't need Go Quake and play 2. the good one, you goopy goblin gamers. It is a better game all the way down. Go play Quake 1. Yeah. And then play Starfield. Yeah. Play Quake 4. All right, Nate, final play words? Proteus. Quake 2's good. It's really <laughs> good, actually. It's very fun. Yeah. Nick? Yeah. Final words? Yeah. Same, same here. I, I really enjoyed everything about Quake 2 uh, for the hour and a half that I put in with Philip. It was fun, seamless co-op, something that you can, uh, like I said before, something you can easily jump into with the boys. I don't know, is it up to four player or just three player? Co-op? Just four player. Just four player co-op. So, so I mean, like you can got a good squad together, you know, you can jump in, you can have a good time. Uh, the weapons feel good. Uh, moving around on mouse and keyboard is just as fun as moving around on the controller. And I think if not a little bit better, um, but yeah, no, I think that this is, this is definitely worthwhile from a games historian standpoint and you really have no downside because it's free on game pass. So, you know, go back, check out where these newer games come from and hopefully your support of this gaming game pass will give us a brand spanking new quake from it. id software. So fingers crossed. That's it for me. Nice. At this point, Nick, I want to thank you for coming out. It's always a pleasure to have you on the pod. It's fun to be here. Thank you guys for having me again. We're the and Friday April. Night Gamecast on all podcasting <laughs> platforms. I'm looking at uh, links below. No, I'm, it's uh, Steam Review Time. Oh, no. We got a Steam Review? <laughs> all right. What Problem. is it? This guy said, the sneeze says, actually, a second quake is just called an aftershock, but hey. And then no. uh, Cyber Kako says, her, 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 boom, <laughs> <laughs> her, her, her. <laughs> Did you just bunny hop flipping and distorted the entire time during that section? You're both frozen for me now. Oh no. Yeah, we're fucking We're in the uh, limit. Zencaster's getting DDoS. You're in sniper hell. <laughs> oh god. All right, Nate, what are we playing next week? I don't know. We're gonna talk about Starfield. Okay. Like right, we did well, today. Yeah, that can't be your that done. can't be your review. That can't be your review because no, no, you need to put like hundred hours. Yeah, just first look. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Impressions. Yeah, Starfield impressions. Philip's gonna have like ten hours in it by then, and then I'm gonna probably have like maybe thirty or so, depending on if first I get distracted look, by look. something. Yeah. yeah, first look. No big deal. All right. So thanks for joining us this week, co-partners. Maybe next time we can all field some stars together. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye.